So I'm away from the mothership. I don't have any of my technology. I'm recording on my laptop, which I hate, in a hotel. It's not even a hotel lobby. It's like a like there's a pool here. There's some shuffleboard. There's a um a, a ping pong table, a playground. Like at any moment, this place could be infiltrated by like kids and loud noise. And it's like the best Wi-Fi spot in the entire hotel. So here we are. But it's good to see you, Parlay Pete, because I missed you last week. Yeah, man. Same here. Same here. I was a little sad when when uh, you said on draft day it was going to be after. I'm like, well, hell, that's going to be midnight. You know that's when the draft ends. Um, but we made do with our time anyways uh, since that was Thursday of last week. Of course, the Falcons had their draft party. So, you know, we went in there to see who the newest addition to the team was going to be and, you know, how much more the Falcons were going to try and kiss the fans' ass since we're not going to be good, basically. And this is truly the beginning of a new era. You know what, man? Let's just let's let's just hop into this NFL draft overreaction, starting with the Falcons, because you can tell the Falcons aren't feeling good about their draft picks because you got the mocks for next year uh, giving us C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young already, and you got Terry Fontenot going on Jim Rome. Like, dude, you're not a brand new GM. You should not be on Rome uh, right after the draft, and I'm riding the car yesterday, get a call, and it says, maybe, and it's my uh, ticket agent. And I'm like, what does he want? He has no reason to be calling me. But I answer it. Hey, would you like to tune into a call with Falcons GM Terry Fontenot? No. I don't want to talk to Terry. (laughs) Terry should have called me before the draft, going back to your recommendation. Like, no, I don't want to talk to you, Terry. I would have taken I would have taken Drake London at at eight, and not because I don't think Drake London will be a good receiver. We have the big guy with Pitts. We could have went after Jamison Williams. We could have went after Hill Chris Olave. We could have went. We could have went after any of the receivers on the board. Um, and, and I would have been okay. But Drake London, the guy who practically he slow Kyle Pitts. So I wasn't completely disappointed with the pick. I know that that wasn't the popular. I thought we were going to do Garrett Wilson. That is who I thought we were going to take. He looked highlight wise. He looked like Jamar Chase. Like to me, that's kind of what he looked like. And so I figured that they were going to go for that because he's not small. You know what I mean? He's really kind of perfect wide receiver size. Six one, you know, looks like he's got some jets on him. I mean, but this is what I will say. When I was watching before the draft, about a week before, I did see highlights of Drake London's uh, pro day. And the one thing I noticed while I was watching, I was like, man, this guy looks like a gazelle. Like the way that he – I don't know. He looked a lot like Mike Evans. And, and like I literally said that. I was like, man, he looks like Mike Evans. Now, granted, pro day is just him running routes. But he they were fluid. I mean, his strides. Like I could just tell him, like, man, he gets an open field. He could be a problem because it's going to be hard to bring him down. And even though his 40 wasn't very fast, he seems like the type of guy that once he gets in the middle of the running, it, you know, yeah. it'll be the natural speed kind of element. And so I wasn't totally upset with the pick. And the main reason I wasn't upset with it was because I was like, well, I mean, we got holes everywhere. Now, could they have just waited until the second round to get George Pickens? Yeah. And it would have been popular with everybody because most Falcons fans are Georgia fans. Or they're mm-hmm. at the bare minimum, you're an SEC fan and you're super familiar with George Pickens. We right. don't pack 12 football. So I, I had never seen Drake and I bet on this stuff, but I had never seen Drake. Lund- I don't remember him. So 
You know, there were all those guys out there that you could get. And, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. We typically go for Alabama guys, and they always work out. And here's the one thing. I, and Until they start gambling. <laughs> or, 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 or get a phone call from Shannon Sharp. You know. <laughs> here's the one thing, and maybe that's what turned us off, you know, new regime. Well, never mind. Rich McKay's still there. But what I think um, – You know he had – you know he had some say so. You know here's that. What I, here's what I think, right? That's why I got Terry doing the, the dog and pony show now, clean up Rich's mess. But when you think about the matchup, the fact that we have two guys, six five, six six, that we can put on the outside, you don't have corners for that. And if Marcus Mariota is going to start, again, when we made this pick, Marcus Mariota is a starter. He's not the most accurate quarterback uh, in the league, so we go okay. Well, we got a catch. We got we need quarterbacks with wide catch radiuses because Mariota, you know, can't throw a pinhole through a, a damn whatever. You know, he can't throw the ball in the ocean. He's just going to throw it up, and, and, and hopefully we get we, we we get that going. But honestly, I like the Desmond Ritter pick. I, I love the Desmond Ritter pick. We got him in the third round. He can go compete with Mariota for the job. And then he can, you know, either barbecue or, or mildew, or we can Josh Rosen him at the end of the year. And even if he has a decent season, when I say decent, if we're in contention for CJ, we get balls and we make a play. Or if we win eight or nine games, we go, you know what? We've got Dak Prescott, and now we know what direction to go with the roster. And, and, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. This is really my hope, crazy enough. I hope that Ritter beats him. I hope that he beats Mariota out personally because I, I think that we need to see him immediately. Like, yes, we really need to get because we need to know whether or not this is going to be something you want to build around or not. And he is only going to have this season to prove it. It, it this is going to be his only season to prove it because if the record is bad enough, they're going to want you know CJ or Bryce. That they're going to want one of those guys and. I, for one, obviously, I'm team CJ. I really want CJ. I think that – and mainly because he's bigger than Bryce. He's 6'3". Bryce is a little bit more of an elusive runner. But uh, – He's he's little, man. I don't, I don't want a little quarterback. Me neither. No, we had Michael Vick. Yeah, and CJ, I don't know. Hit Low-key, low-key, because they didn't play in the Big Ten Championship and they only played in one bowl game as opposed to – Bryce Young played in the SEC championship in two bowl games, basically the playoffs. CJ's stats were better than his. He had a higher QBR, more yards per attempt. He was his numbers were better than his. And I think that if they had beaten Michigan, he could have very easily been um, you know, the Heisman winner. But you know, some would say that um CJ is just propped up by his his stack receiving core and a Big Ten that doesn't have the best DBs, the best athletes. But here's what I'll say. We're talking Bryce and CJ. There's somebody else that's going to emerge next year that's actually going to be good. You know, like most years aren't like this past year where everybody just goes into the tank and nobody really emerges as the top quarterback. I mean, maybe Kenny Pickett, like Kenny Pickett definitely emerged, but Kenny Pickett didn't come out of nowhere like a Joe Burrow did. Yeah. But the, there's going to be somebody. And Spencer Rattler has a bounce back year and lights up the SEC and go, wins 10, Nine, 10 wins. Yeah. Plays Georgia tough. He's going to be right back in everybody's mouth, especially 
if they start hearing, oh, he's a great teammate, he's matured, he's turning around, the guys love him, like, because they want Spence to be great. Right. Well, and it, and, it, and it makes a great story, too. He leaves, and it's just like he needed redemption. He got benched for all intents and purposes. Caleb Williams is expected to be, obviously not next year's draft, but the following year's draft, he's expected to be that number one pick. And so, you know they said he could uh he would he would have went number one this year. I, the potential's there. I, I think CJ to, to me looks better. And I think that they yeah, Ohio State, like the Big Ten doesn't have the best defenses, but it sure as fuck's better than watching him play Oklahoma, like watching Caleb Williams play Oklahoma. I mean, it's Oklahoma. Like like I mean, no, not Oklahoma, Texas. We're looking at these like when you start thinking about the defenses in the Big Well, I mean they don't play defense. They're worse than the fucking defenses in the Big Ten. And Caleb, his numbers weren't even as good as CJ. So Well no, and here here's the thing, man. I, I I think that you know, I've been listening to draft philosophies and we were gonna hit on this a couple weeks ago, right? But the difference between like production and traits. And I think there's this there's like these different you look for the production to be at a certain place, right? And then once the production is like at that top end, you start looking at traits. Because if you think about like a Graham Harrell or or the guy out of Hawaii, right? Or Blaine Gabbert, hell, these guys had the production, you know? Yeah. But you look at them, they don't have the traits. And that's why those guys don't work out, don't get drafted, they're backups and stuff like that. But with these guys, I'm comfortable in saying – I don't have the trained eye to tell you the difference in a lot of the traits when the production is similar. I'm going to lean on production and competition. And I want to say that to get us into the pushback on draft picks. And I was listening to Mike Lombardi talk about it because I think Mike Lombardi is one of the best angry former GM voices who's in football media. He goes, you get these stupid draft grades. And, you know, how are you going to grade the draft before they play? Like, you're grading them against where you value the player, but you don't know where the team valued the player. And no offense to uh, McShay, Kuyper, or Daniel Jeremiah, none of them have ran a draft room before. Like, he said, because Skip and Shannon were discussing the Patriots' uh, first-round pick out of UT chat. He was like, I'm not saying it's the right pick. But have Skip and Shannon watched as much film as Belichick? Like, have they watched the film on all the players to say whether or not this person <laughs> should go in this place? Or are they just repeating what the media, what the draft media says? And if, if, it, if at any point we need to stop believing the draft media, like specifically the draft media, Malik Willis is a prime example of that, man. Like, Yeah, he was basically predicted to go six the entire and he's, time. But anybody who – was not a big three, big four voice in the draft media. It was like, he's a third-round quarterback. He may get drafted early because of the way people go quarterback crazy, but he has first-round skills, but he doesn't have first-round production. He doesn't have first-round uh, – he's not refined like a first-round guy. And he and he didn't play well against top competition. Yeah, he didn't play get well against some bad competition. <laughs> Like I said, we bring up the UL Monroe game. I mean, like I said, look, man, completing 40% of your passes, throwing for 130 yards and three picks, that ain't getting it done. And I don't want to see that shit on the field when you got to go against defenses like Tampa, you know, the Rams. These are, these are real defenses. 
You know what I mean? Aaron Donald is fucking coming for you, and so is Von Miller. Like, like these. I know he's not on the Rams anymore, but you know what I'm saying. Like in in division, you, you know, Cam 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 Jordan, who lo- who who's, who's sad oh, that Matt Ryan Falcons. He hell, he said he was sad Matt Ryan was gone. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the Matt Ryan's the reason I got to 100 sacks. Right, and he's right. <laughs> he's right. He's right. He's right. You know, Matt Ryan. Um, that stat came out over the last five years. Matt Ryan's been sacked more than anyone. Well, and that's why some people are curious as to why we drafted a wide receiver instead of a, a tackle. So, okay, and that's what I was about to get into. So, this was the only thing I wish I could have changed. Maybe now, the draft literally just didn't fall their way because I said if Evan Neal, if Neal was there, I was like, well, you almost have to get him. I thought if Thibodeau was there. You've got to go tip. Like, you know what I mean? These were the picks that I was like, these guys might fall. Giants did a good job. Like, you know what I mean? They they selected both of them. And so, um, and then uh, North, the uh, Jets? Panthers got uh, oh. my man out of, out of NC State. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, but no, the, 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 the Panthers did what we thought that the Falcons would do is, you know, Get the home stat, the home state guys, you know, you know, uh, instead of the linebacker version of Taysom Hill, we, we, we could have yeah. got um, Kobe Dean. Yeah, and I understood everybody kept wanting to talk about injuries. Um, not prototypical, there's injury, but I don't know, like you know, that they were kept trying to bring up that that was the reason he fell, and then it was, well, he's 5'11, and it's like. Man, fuck that. What did we see on the field against the best competition in college football? Well, so I was talking to a, I was, I was talking to a friend. Um, 33, tell, 33 SEC players were selected in the first three rounds of the draft. And, and he dominated. That's almost like, one full round. That is, is one, one full round. round. Yeah. So something funny about the Nicobe Dean thing, right? And I, and I kept thinking about it as I was talking to one of my guys who's a, a college coach. And he was telling me about recruiting philosophy and telling me about the recruiting philosophy of another one of his friends who's actually at a one of the better NFL-producing programs right now. And he was like, it's built on the measurables. And you have some of these guys, size, speed, frame, film, terrible. And it's, we can teach them football. We just need his body to teach his body football. We can't teach the body. We can't teach the speed. And I think that N'Kobe Dean fell victim of that and that these teams in, in the first two rounds, these teams weren't comfortable saying, hey, this guy knows how to play football, and we need to make sure that we scheme around his, his deficiencies. Whereas he gets to keep Jordan Davis in front of him. He got a couple more years of Fletcher Cox in front of him, and – I, I don't trust Howie drafting on the outside on the perimeter, but Howie can draft the trenches. Yeah, that's never the Eagles have always had a good defensive line and a good offensive line so, when they're healthy, of course. Because I know right. injuries catch up on people, but we know that he's got a notorious history of, you know, the trenches are good. Drafting so. busts, <laughs> you know, at wide receiver to name a specific position, but uh, <laughs> Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, and these were both Pac-12 guys. So that is what gets back to the Drake London thing. That's where I kind of do have it. I mean, 
there's a history of these guys not being very good. I look at the Detroit Lions. They drafted Mike Williams. Uh, Roy Williams. Williams went back and Charles Rogers. Now, I know they weren't all Pac-12, but obviously Mike Williams was a USC guy. Hell, Nelson Aguilar is a USC guy. Who's been good out of USC? Steve Smith? And he let, and he and he was out of the league in a few years. Yeah, one year with the Giants, right? Yeah. You know USC, and you know we, we're gonna come back to the draft. Let's talk about NIL going crazy real quick, but not really, because everybody's going crazy about USC, specifically uh, one of the loudest, biggest voices in sports talk, Colin Cowherd. It's just really just just linking this USC that. Hey, you know Lincoln Riley. Had that won a national championship, you know Lincoln Riley was at a, a a school that's been consistently better than USC. USC's peaks are the top of the top, but Oklahoma doesn't have the valleys that USC has. Uh, Lincoln Riley played against trash week in and week out, and would always blow a game. And then the, and then he gets into the college football playoff, and he blows the biggest lead to Georgia. And, you know, that should let us know exactly what Baker Mayfield is made of, which is why he's homeless and he should probably go back to Oklahoma and be a fucking quarterback's coach, for being honest here. <laughs> you know, but everybody's going crazy about this USC stuff. And, yeah, they have the most players in the league right now. But by the time Saban and Kirby requi- uh, retire, the South going to have something to say. Yeah, well, and, and just in general, I mean, look, you got to follow the money, right? I mean, it's L.A., um, Hollywood. There's going to be a lot of people that are USC grads that, you know, work for these places that are boosters already. They've been wanting this for so long. And, you know, I know that Nick Saban, them, they're kind of – everybody's got their, their own thoughts on what – you know, this is how this is mainly bad for college because you're basically buying players. Bro, they were they're already buying players. They're lying, though. They don't mean it. They're just saying it because it sounds good. Right. But but in general, that's a, that's been going on anyways. Like, we know that. We know that players have been getting paid. So I think that what it comes down to is you got to get yourself in, uh, the coach, a coach that everybody wants to play for because if that's the case, shit, it's enough motherfuckers to where, look, you could put anyone anywhere. Like, I mean, what's my man's name that went to Jackson State to be with Coach Prime? He I was, was uh, Hunter or something like that. I don't remember. He was the number one player in the fucking thing, and he went to – and I know that he ain't getting – he definitely turned down money when it comes to the NIL aspect, right? But, but the thing that Coach Prime said, NFL or NIL, and I think for him specifically, a guy who's probably going to play on both sides of the ball, a DB, there is nothing that – any of those coaches can give him outside of a chance at a national championship that he can't get from Deion Sanders. Yeah, you're going to get more from Deion. Yeah. Especially being a corner, you're going to get – he's literally considered the greatest corner of all time. And he's, and he's plugged in with Under Armour. <laughs> like, he he has the endorsements himself. Affleck. Affleck that he can leverage for his players. Like, these are endorsements he would have as Coach Prime. Or as prime time, you know, when he was a high school coach, he had these endorsements. So, Dion and, is, and he cut them in on the deal. Yeah. So here's the one thing, though, and I think the the college football media is, is so they're just so self righteous. College sports media is so self righteous because they think their sport is much more pure than 
the professional sport. But it's like, dude, kids have been getting paid. Like, I do not know a Division One athlete who did not get a bag. Yeah. Now it's legal. You know what I mean? It's like the difference between prostitution being illegal, where it is in most places, or like going to the Bunny Ranch out in Nevada. If you go to the Bunny wow. Ranch, yeah, or going overseas and going to a brothel, right? If you go to a brothel, man, Lamar Odom was yeah, like everybody's like, oh yeah, he went to the brothel. Yeah, that's what, that's what you do. You, you go to the brothel, you have fun. Like district. <laughs> yeah, but then when it's when it's illegal, it's like, oh, whoa, 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 we don't do that. Like I can't. We're ruining the game. No, we're not, bro. We're just dropping off bags. The people again, who, who deserve to get paid for their services, and 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 now I think that the transport portal is the issue. I don't have a problem with the NIL because these are endorsement deals. Since when do we want to put a cap on endorsement deals? But the the fact that I can wake up today and want to transfer because I didn't get enough clocks yesterday, I think that's problematic. And I think that it should be controlled and there be a free agency period, a transfer period, right, in each yeah. semester. Well, that's the issue that everybody has with Addison, right? He was the Bendikoff uh, Award winner right out of Pitt had basically the best season of any wide receiver, and now he's just picking up his bags and going. Now, granted, pick, Pickett's gone. Maybe that has something to do with it. He went to, he he went to spring practice. Slovis. He had spring practice with Slovis, and he was like, nah, B. My draft stock going to drop. Right, well, right. He probably <laughs> to himself. He's, like, he's like, man, this dude's going to take money out of my fucking mouth. Like, right. so, if I'm going to play for a bad quarterback, I'll go play with You know Slovis being a first-round pick next year? I saw that. Now, like I said, we know these way too early are just that way too yeah, fucking early. way too early. And so, I, I I don't expect uh I don't expect I don't expect very much out of Slovis. But nonetheless, yeah. especially if he loses, which he is because he he just entered. Um, but anywho, I was NIL, to, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say in general the NIL. It is what it is, and, you know, everybody, the college football traditionalists, they got to get over it. These things change, and it's good for the players, especially those guys that aren't going to be the guys that go to the NFL and light it up. I mean, think about it. Somebody like – I granted Johnny and Tim were first-round picks, right? They were first-round picks. Well, Tebow said he would have done it for love of the game. He didn't need that money. What? Oh, uh, you're saying that Florida. He's, yeah, he would have taken the money anyways. There's no way Tim, he would have turned it down. Tim Tebow has been taking money from ESPN and minor league baseball for the last five years. So I don't want to hear shit he has to say. He's an opportunist if I've ever seen one. You know, but the NIL is just finding out that Santa Claus is, is real. It isn't real. That's all it is. We're just uncovering we're we're just uncovering facts. It's like, oh, my parents budget for Christmas. Right. <laughs> That's all it is. We but, just know who it is now. Right. Let's get back to the draft overreaction a little bit, though. Um, so the Jets won the draft? I mean, certainly their first four picks were what appeared to be home runs. I mean, um, what they got, uh, Sauce. Think about it, Sauce wasn't even the first uh, corner taken. With- and I get it, because Stingley was looked at as so elite that freshman year with uh, – you know, with the guys, with the Burrow, with mm-hmm. that, that super team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they got Sauce. They got Garrett Wilson, which was the shocker because a lot of people probably figured we would have probably taken him 
and that maybe they would have got Drake London or who knows, maybe they would have got uh uh James. Yeah. And so, you know, it ended up working out um, for them. And then I know a lot of people, there are a lot of rumblings about Johnson out of uh, Florida State because he was at Georgia for like three years. And yeah, so he just wasn't ready. He yeah. Couldn't, he, and, couldn't, he couldn't see the field for us. Well, some people were saying that that's who they thought we might have. But I clearly that would have been semi-reach. I wish we had just traded back. Same. Same. We talked about that before. We yeah. ended up trading up in the second round anyways. And like, I wish we had just traded back. But um, And then you got Brees Hall who was a dog the last two years. Fuck him, yeah. too, because Iowa State cost me money. And on their senior day, I couldn't fucking believe it, man. They scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. And he, like, busted one for – he, like, first play, like, 80 yards. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen. And then they were throwing – they were up fucking four touchdowns having an air raid. And I'm like, I'm like, why aren't y'all just running the clock? I don't get it. Like, And Matt Campbell didn't go get a new job. No, he didn't, and he's gonna suffer for it. Like, why did you run it up without getting a new job, man? Like, that's that's dumb. He could have had NFL, um, NIL, yeah. NHL, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but but anyways, no, I think the Jets were a big winner. Um. The Giants had a good first round. The Giants definitely had a good first round. I think that they got two guys for the most part that they're not going to be able to miss all. Because even if Thibodeau, you know, turns out to be Jadavia Clowney, like Jadavia never lived up to the hype of what he was, but he still has been a very solid pro. He's an eight sack guy a year. He's going to give you eight. If they can get that out of Thibodeau, that's a win. In my and he's he's a good run stopper. At the end of the day, you want more for your first overall pick, but if you can draft a a everyday NFL starter with your first round pick. What more can we ask for? You know, um, let me see. I don't even want to. I don't even want to give draft grades or even talk about grades. I think that's crazy. I, I just, you know, Pittsburgh did what Pittsburgh does. You know, when you see George Pickens go second round to Pittsburgh, you just be like, he was a he was a first rounder. He was, yeah, because he was a five star. He was a first round. Like, all last year. Like exactly, and you know you're thinking in the back of your head, but you're really sitting there like, no, no, no. He he was a first rounder. If, if Pittsburgh takes him in the second, he, he's probably going to have top three production out of this draft class. I would imagine he's going to be rookie year, just because he is going to be sharing the ball a little, and we don't know what how Kenny Pickett's going to play and or Mitchell Trubisky. Don't really know how that dynamic's going to work. But I know how much Trubisky is going to play. Him, I could easily see him in year one, 68 catches, 900 yards, six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I could see that in year and, one. Yeah. Um, A.J. Brown to Philly. They overpaid, but, um, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of A.J. Brown in general. Okay. I mean, I think that he's solid. I don't think that he's $25 million wide receiver. And I know that that's the going right now, but I think that he, he got overpaid. And I think that, you know, we'll see what happens. We, we saw that there was uh, injuries this year. Let's hope that that's not the start of that. Um, I guess for him, cause he is a bigger receiver too. So, you know, I, 
we'll, we'll see. I think that it, all in all, I guess they wanted the proven commodity over what they could have got. And um, they did have two first round picks and then they still got two next year. So, I mean, they're in a good position, but they're going to see whether or not that works out this year, because either it's going to definitely be put up or shut up for Jalen Hurts, no matter what. So do you think Hollywood Brown was worth the 23rd pick in the draft? They didn't get, they gave up a first for Hollywood. Yeah, they gave up the 23rd, the 23rd pick number 23 for Hollywood. I wouldn't have did that. <laughs> I, wouldn't have did that. I, I, I think um, I did like the idea of him going there. And clearly now we know that they knew that Nuke was going to be out those first six games. They knew about the suspension already. Can I talk about that real quick? Yeah. Okay, so I have a little inside knowledge on what happened to Nuke. Not specifically to him, but what happens to professional athletes who test positive for um, performance-enhancing drugs. All right. They're not taking roids. All they're doing is taking masking agents for weed. Because here's what it tells you. New Hopkins failed a drug test at some point in his career, probably at the combine, where a lot of players fail a drug test. So then he gets entered into the drug program, which means he can be randomly selected to piss at any point in time. And then that's like so, four games to start, right? Right, right. Yeah. So but, yeah, it's a season. But like, but like when you're in the program, like they can test you regularly, regularly. Whereas if you're not in the program, you get tested once a year during training camp. Okay, so you have a small window in which you can't smoke, but once you do smoke, you get put into the program. And all he was doing was trying to clean his piss, and he cleaned his piss with the wrong stuff, or the amount that he had was too strong. But look, he wasn't taking roids. He wasn't trying to get a competitive advantage. He was trying to smoke weed and not lose lose money and lose games. And he took the wrong thing. That's what happened. And I got that very closely sourced from somebody with ties to the NBA and the NFL, but this is what regularly happens. When you see these people like like DeAndre Ayton popping positive for performance enhancement, it was to cover it was to cover the, the weed and piss. Right. And um I mean I would say even for you guys similarly in a weird way, at least in Well college. you know we don't we don't talk about where I work at and who I work for on this podcast. Well, people that I know um, that are in yeah. our chat, they have a certain employer where I know that at one point they would get tested, but they knew when that test was going to come. Now, granted, the difference is in that program, if you fail one there, you're you're done. You're done. done go. <laughs> there is no there is no program or second chance, and so um, you know. But but I would imagine, yeah, that it has to be similarly done with those guys. Um, and 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 how that works, but yeah, no, it didn't surprise me. I didn't think that he was juicing. Like you know, no. baseball is like the only sport where guys are just they would be juicing. But the thing about the thing about this whole thing is, dog, if you pop positive at the combine, you drop down my draft board not because you smoke weed, is but because you know you're having a drug test in this window of days because you're only there for a few days and you don't have the self-control to prepare yourself for a known drug test, right? It's like driving through a checkpoint 
that you know is going to be there every single day, right? And you right. get hammered and drive through the checkpoint, or or go to a go go visit your friend in jail uh, with weed in your pocket, you know, in, in in a state that's not weed legal, you know. Certain things you just don't do. And for me, I just question your judgment. And uh, you know, they talk about with the draft. You have players who are phone on players and phone off players, and you want to have as many phone off players as possible, so when you go to sleep at night, you can turn your phone off. Right. And not that I think DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys. Um, obviously, him and Bill O'Brien had some some personality conflicts um, about stuff that DeAndre Hopkins was doing. But, I mean, Bill O'Brien hasn't been hired. So, <coughs> who do we trust here? But, um, yeah, man, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't using drugs. Uh, can we talk about Homeless Baker real quick? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how, how Baker is, you know, look, he really shouldn't be that upset because somebody will get once he's released because nobody's trading for him now. We know that unless because Pittsburgh's maybe. definitely Pittsburgh's out of it. Well, maybe just maybe. Is literally his legitimately his only option unless somebody gets hurt. What if Haslam knows that Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended and it hasn't came out yet? But they already got Brissett. True. True. And, you know, and Baker is going to refuse. He's going to refuse. So here's the thing. Here's so here's here's where was that the 2018 draft, right? Here's where the 2018 draft. Here's what a 2022 draft learned from the 2018 draft. Baker had a third round grade until until the Senior Bowl, right? Which means he's a third round player. He's performed at a third round quarterback level. He gave you some decent starts. You know, if you drafted him in the third round and you move off of him, you're not mad at the draft pick. But when you draft him first overall, because you reach, and then he does this, and you took his fifth year option, even though you probably shouldn't have. You probably just should have like negotiated a contract at the end of the year because he had one good year out of four. Like, why the when you're gear out of three at that point, like why the hell would I pay you now? You know, and 2022 learned from the 2018 draft, but I also think we're we're seeing these coaches, these GMs, not taking these fifth year options because if Daniel Daniel Jones has a great season, he'll get a contract. Yeah, but what kind? I mean, a guy like him, three year, three year, three year. 55, 60 mil. I say three years, 60 mil, fully guaranteed. Kind of that Jameis Winston thing, because Jameis's deal, it escalates to where he could make 20 a year mm-hmm. on his two-year deal. But I think he's going to get like 14 or 15 or something like that. And, of course, for him, you know, it's all about start. Obviously, he's proven that he can be a star in the league. He just mm-hmm. was turnover prone. He got off to – maybe statistically he wasn't blowing anyone away, but his team was winning. And they don't. They weren't winning once he left. So, maybe you know, But that that'll be. You know, there are a couple of positions where they'll everybody will be looking at. Maybe a guy like Baker could go to. There's gonna. I think that Baker will have a market to where somebody is willing to bring him in for competition purposes. If but, any, but nobody wants to pay him eighteen million dollars this year because he's not worth eighteen million dollars. If, if he's cut, the Browns are still on the hook for it. 
And with They're the Browns, and then the team that negotiates the deal will just give them a one-year, one million dollar contract, and they'll still what? the Browns will still be liable to pay him the seventeen million. Which is why the Browns are going to hold him through training camp before they cut him because they're going to wait for somebody's quarterback to get hurt, so then they have to feel the need to come get Baker. I, here's the but thing. That, maybe that drives down – I mean, obviously, somebody probably will get hurt. It just always happens. Or We know that now COVID's not – I guess not going to be a thing to where a guy <laughs> could get COVID and, you know, it's the week before the season starts, and you're like, oh, my God, we got fucking – we're trotting out fucking Scott Tolzien. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't want that. You know, and and, and – and the crazy part is, too, Carolina still isn't really out of it yet. I mean, Sam Darnold sucks. And so I but, would take Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. And, but, would you, but they got they picked up Sam's fifth-year option. Would you want to be paying almost $40 million for your quarterback room for Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold? It's for one year. They're both on that fifth-year option. So at that point, you can decide. You get it. You can see who's better. Sam obviously has got the head start because he was on the team last year. He knows the offense. It's probably not a head start. It's probably, you know, he's probably, you know, being held back because he was on the team last year. <laughs> he got replaced by Cam Newton, remember? Yeah, and oof. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't let P.J. get a little bit more tread. I mean, he wasn't that bad. I didn't think he was that I – mean, I, look, I get it. I know he was in the AAFL or AAF or whatever that shit was called. It was good yeah. for Cam to come back because they got asses in seats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think they beat the Cardinals when that first game where he came in as the backup and, you know, scored and he did the, I'm back. I'm back. Bro, you talk about biggest flukes ever. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Running low on battery and um, can't find a good spot to pot and charge from. Well, so what you, I got 24%. We got some time. All right, uh, let's do it. We just let's go run through it. So you want to go through NBA playoffs real quick? Yeah, let's run it. Let's go NBA playoffs. Okay, so we got through the first round. We didn't talk too much about the first round, but uh, into the second round, Ja. We both went perfect on the first round too, except I think I might have taken Utah, which was the biggest mistake in my life. I think I think I I took the Nets because I got. You know what? We yeah, did. We took the yeah, Nets. we got it. We both we did. Had going. But after game after game two, we were off the nets, you know. But it was apparent yeah. that they were figured out. Let exactly. me continue to try this ISO ball, and they'll beat themselves. Steve Nash is bad at coaching. I mean, bad at coaching. Like he didn't change his offense, you know. And it takes me to last night's game. I was watching Golden State versus Memphis. Ja went crazy. And Pat Bev, let it be known, he did not score 47 on them. He but he put them out the playoffs. Right. Um, but I, he, tell, he didn't need to. <laughs> but if you watch Memphis's offense, it is very much high pick and roll, jive, slash, uh, drive, kick, drive, score, bang. net shoot, bang. And you go, that works because Ja is so good. I, I think he is the second coming of – Iverson, but better. I, re- I really think he's better. It's certainly much more elusive. Yeah, and, and, and here's where I'll say he's better. I, I listened to Dray- Draymond Green talk about, like, the smart playmakers. He talked about LeBron. He talked about Rondo. He was like, he was like, Ja got that in him. He was, and he was, this was like the beginning of the year. He was like, 
He's not where LeBron and Rondo is yet because he just hasn't played enough games. But the way he thinks the game, the way he plays, the, his feel is that of a cerebral LeBron and 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 Rondo. And he's not going to get credit for that yet because of his athleticism and how flashy he is. But hearing that from Draymond and then watching some of the stuff that he was doing and how he was controlling pace, push when he should push, get to the basket when he should, take the three because he was feeling it. The way he dropped Jordan Poole yesterday. That shit was nasty. It didn't get enough attention. And I've seen it, like, circulating today. But, like, in the moment I watched it, I was like, bro, this fuck this Jalen this Jalen Brown thing I saw where he just pushed him off and crossed and did the MJ snatchback. Like, nah, Ja got in his bag, half spin, and, like, buddy, Buddy's knee was sore this morning. The way yeah. he fell, like he's he's sore from that fall. But um, I, I think Jaws really set himself up to be like the next, really the next face of the league. And I don't want to sound like one of these hot take artists, but he's likable. You got his dad, like his dad is what Lavar Ball could be if Lavar would have waited till his son was really popping to start talking crazy. You know what I mean? Because the pe- people didn't like Lavar because he came in too early. But you grew up around hoop. I grew up around hoop. That's like every five five basketball players' daddy. Right. Like, like LeVar wasn't nothing new to me. I was like, hey, bro, shut up. Like, your yeah, kid ain't. That, that is typical AAU banter. Yes. It's typical. And high school. Yeah. Like, if your son's good, that's how the dads usually act. Yeah, and they're not the coach. And they're usually the coach. Exactly. So. But you, but you got Jod doing this, and then, you know, I, I'll tell you, though. I'll tell you. We'll get back to the playoffs. But these soft these soft fouls, are, and the fouls aren't soft, but they're soft ejections, right? What Draymond did, that wasn't an ejection. He, yeah, he reached for the jersey. He him realized, a, give him flagrant one. Give him flagrant one. He realized what he did. Sorry, went for the ball, and then and it, it seemed like he was doing that more to catch Stop him. It. Yes, exactly. Right. And, but the thing is, you're a ba- you're a basketball player, and you know if you foul somebody dirty on accident, you try to catch them because you don't want you know you don't want all that extra. Yeah, and even, I didn't mean to do that. Like, right? Let me try to catch you, but it, it looks weird, especially when you slow it down. And the same I think thing Draymond has a history of these yeah. fouls that have looked weird. And the Dylan Brooks play, it looks bad because of the result, but it really looked like. He made a bad block attempt. Like he was there late. Gary Payton. He was leaning on Gary to try to to go up for the block. Gary did something a little quicker than he thought than than he thought he was doing. He got he got the ball up, and so it looked like he wasn't making a play on the ball. But it very much looked like a play on the ball. And even if it wasn't, it was the get back for the Draymond play. So I'm okay with that. It's like, the NBA. Thank you. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just play. Like this is what basketball is about yeah this is a part of it it's it's yeah. a part of the game and they've tried to phase that stuff out you know the more and more and and and, and then it even gets into uh what dame willard had reposted too the entertainment value that basketball has changed so much over the years and uh who was it? i think you you're the one that put it in our group earlier but cat right you had cat uh doing his interview a different way from the way he's like talking. 
Sound's gone. You're good. I'm getting headphones. Oh, go for it. Looks like you're almost in a library or something. No, I'm I, mean, I didn't know what you said it was, but. Yeah, I'm back in my bum-ass room. Let's keep going. But, uh, no, and, and, and just in general, it, the, the league has just gotten super soft, man. I, and and, it, and it, it's crazy, too, because now, of course, they did away with guys like Harden. Like, I'm watching now. They got Harden out here. You know how Harden loves getting that foul. Trey Connor was doing it, too. Um, you know, these 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 fake I'm trying to get fouled and get to the line three-point shots and stuff like that. I think the league the leagues are still searching for the best the best sporting event and TV show at the same time and it's impossible to get it right. Yeah, and they and they never will and the thing is is that it takes away from basketball especially betting purposes. It just it really really takes away from the game. Because you know as a basketball player there are certain things that you would do in a game that's not pretty but it works. Draymond is not good for the TV product. I don't know anybody who hoops who wouldn't want Draymond on their team. Right. Like Draymond does the stuff that gets that can get somebody cut from a middle school team because <laughs> the coach doesn't have the foresight to see somebody who does things that don't pop up uh, on the stat sheet. On stat sheet, yeah. Like I remember, I remember, like I played some games with people, and. Bro, if I'm playing with like some scores, I play like Draymond. I'm gonna play defense. I'm gonna hustle. I'm gonna foul people if I have to. You know. And, and unfortunately, in a pickup game, you you can't take a charge. Right. You know, there's no. There's really no charging in pickup games. What is somebody gonna say? Say, oh man, that was a fucking foul. Like nobody's doing that. And so, but yes, these these utility guy, you know lunch pail guys type mentality on a basketball court. Kind of the equivalent of an offensive lineman in right. the NFL. And, and, man, how beneficial is it's it how, to have? How important the offensive line truly is to a team's success. Right. It's like the most important thing. Like, And just think about the person, not even a person who would take the charge, but the person who knows how to get the hard foul and not get caught. And that stops this one guy from blowing by you that you can't stay in front of. <laughs> no. Or, or the trash talker who knows that they're playing against a hothead, and you can get in their head completely out of the game. Yeah, like you can't put that on paper, and it's not a great TV product. But if you're at the game and you're in that environment and you see it, like you remember being at that Hawks uh, Sixers playoff game, even though we lost it, the way Ben Simmons was taken out of that game by by the crowd. By by the players, <laughs> like the way that I became a huge Trey Young fan, just because I saw how he controls a game and he controls an arena. <laughs> you go, oh, this little he different. Like he don't control the arena like Bron and KD them, but he, he he knows what he's doing. He's not just shooting. Like when Trey shoots those bad threes. And he makes understands him. that when he makes them, what it does to the arena, what it does to the dude across from him. Home and away, because at home, yeah. the crowd's going to just go fucking nuts. Yeah. Away, at MSG, it really just takes the life out of those people. Like, 
because it's just like my, and then if he does it a second time, they're really out of it. Like, you know, then, like you said, the, the player, the guy that's guarding him, he's like, well, he's like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, then he starts yelling at his teammate. Coach is telling him what to do, and he's just like, I am in front of him. Like, you know, like it'll just be some shit. Well, like yesterday, I think Ja was like 5 for 11, 5 for 12 for 3. When Ja is 5 for 12 from 3, what do you do? You can't stay in front of him. He probably can outjump you. And he's that weird – he probably grew up doing a bunch of flips and shit. Because, <laughs> you, you know, bro, like the way – like you can push him. It's an athletic motherfucker, man. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he just one of them super athletes to where like you stronger than him, you bigger than him, but like you ain't going to bully him. And he can still body control. I love it. I love it. But you know what? You know what else I want to talk about on here? What? Time mark this. I'm, oh, I'm, I got a charge. We plugged in now, baby. That's why we moved over here, sitting on the floor. Luka Doncic. And I'm going to give you a heads up, too. So that that's why it took me so long. I was looking for my charter. Justice has my computer charter. I'm on 8%, but I'm going to put it on my phone. Okay. So once <laughs> we, I get to like 3%, I'll probably queue it up okay. here. Yeah. Luka Doncic plays losing basketball. Luka Doncic is a less entertaining version, but a less entertaining European version of James Harden in Houston. Okay. High, high, high usage rate. Super high usage rate. We'll, we'll beat people in a regular season. We'll have great playoff games. We'll have great stats. But when you sit there and you watch – the four teammates just watch him dribble, 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 screen, dribble, 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 pass with four seconds left on the shot clock. Basketball play, most basketball players aren't catching shoot guys because most guys who play at that league had their hands on the ball like through high school and they get to college. Okay, I'm a catch and shoot guy. Or they get to the league. Oh, I got to be a catch and shoot guy. But every, but a lot of those guys who came to the league and they get to touch the ball and now they're on Lucas team. So they did. Now they finally become a catch and shoot guy. It doesn't work that way. No, you, ain't touch, you ain't touched the ball four trips down. Pe- what, what, what I think gets missed is people check out. Like I've played pickup games with ball hogs and we won. But when I tell you I'm running up and down the court, like I'm not playing defense. I'm not rebounding. Like, Hey, bro, I ain't touched the ball. Can I touch the ball, please? You can shoot it. I just want to touch it. I want to see what it feel like. <laughs> see, see if I got a good matchup. But people will check out of games, and there's no stat for the way people will check out of check out on Luca in a game. But the niggas be checking out. Well, and 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 the thing with Luca, and like kind of like what we said, why Dallas got so much success. Let's start with the first thing when it comes to Dallas. They play great defense. Yes. Um, they're a good defensive team. Jason Kidd has instilled that. From day one, and 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 I think Rick Carlisle had the same philosophy. Obviously, yeah, he just got stale. Yeah, now when he got the Indiana, and then his personnel too. Boy, but in Indiana, I mean, the Pacers might be one of the worst defensive team in the NBA this year. He can't help it. Fucking bad. They literally were giving up 125 a game. But nonetheless, the identity of the team is to play the style of ball of a European team, which they try to tailor make it to to Luca. And you start looking at the guys that they have, Kleba, Finney Smith. What are oh. these guys? These guys are basically guys you count on to get their points from having wide open threes from what the attention that Luca's going to attract. The only buckets you got on that team are Dinwiddie and um, Tim Hardaway Jr., but Tim Hardaway Jr. is out. So 
there's no there's no buckets on that team. Like imagine what your boy Colin would, would, would do having to play alongside Luca. That nigga would be you know, miserable. But you know what's so crazy? Because even with that, there's a lot of stuff rumbling about that. Somebody said something about him going to Dallas. But if if kids that if kids starts them both, pulls Colin early, and then then staggers them throughout the game, it works. Well, and then you have to throw in that factor of Luka Doncic clearly has a low key and injury history already in his career because his injury is so high, and he shows up out of shape and don't take care of his body. That white boy can ball, man. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say he can't ball. I'm, I would never call Luka sorry. I'll just say he plays losing basketball. Like until he changes his game. But wait, isn't he basketball. the greatest playoff basketball player of all time, according to who is it, Nick Wright? Yeah, Nick Wright. I didn't even listen to that. I didn't listen to it to know if he said that he is or if that was just a headline of him making an argument that he is because he said that before Luka Doncic played a, a first, a second round playoff game, and I'm like, bro, miss me. Like, yes, he has big numbers, but he had big numbers, and he ran into Kawhi and lost on Kawhi teams that were a disappointment. You know. It's not like he, he he got put out in the first round by the, 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 the champions. He got put out in the first round by a team that finally made it to the conference finals last year for the first time. In team history. In team history. And CP3 had his way with him. Because, see, now, CP3, he plays winning basketball. He just hasn't won a ring. But he plays winning fucking basketball. Yeah, no, and that's absolutely true, and and I just think that what it is with Dallas, and that's that, like you said, losing basketball, it's hard to see what type of player you could add to Luca because of the the way he does play, and I think that there would be plenty of guys that would want to play with him, but what type of guy can you really add to his the way that he plays? It's, it's Maxi Kleber, um, but I'm talking about seriously. Grace- Grayson star, Allen, star, and I'm talking a legit two, you know, Chris Middleton type, maybe Clay, Clay maybe Thompson. Chris got to get a couple, a little bit more touches because who gets the second most touches on Dallas? Yeah, but certainly in the playoffs, right? Yeah, now, but, but, even, but even with Brunson, like Brunson is usually playing with the second team, they're staggered, like. <sighs> But he does start, and so who 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 played well with James Harden in Houston? Chris Paul. Yeah, and they weren't happy. And again, they they played two different offenses, right? They played the Jay, they played the the Chris Paul offense when James Harden was on the bench, and they played the James Harden offense when Chris Paul was in the game. But the difference between Chris Paul and damn near everybody else, Chris Paul can actually catch and shoot his ass off. He can shoot. So and he's good from three and mid range. He's actually he's really a fucking assassin in the mid range. Oh my god, yeah. He I, I told he him. might be the best pull up point guard from mid range in the league today, even at thirty seven. The only person who's mid range, and I'm, I'm not even talking about position, right? I'm just thinking in general, mid range who can rock with him, KD, KD, and possibly his teammate. And this is not me. Right, yeah. And this ain't me looking at numbers. This in DeRozan. This is the eye test. What we know. Guys that are really good. And DeRozan shooting up there 
on the uh, on the elbows of the key. You know what I mean? Like guys that you know they can they can create a little bit of space and get that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, not corner or top of the key, but you know the in between area. Like guys that make a living doing that. When you see Chris Paul shoot from the elbow, do you ever think he's missing? No. <laughs> Even with the hand in his face, I don't. <laughs> he's thirty-seven. He's six foot five, eleven, one eighty. <laughs> he ain't supposed to be doing what he's doing. No. And 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 it's kind of crazy. He's he's literally gotten better with time. Um, yeah, but literally, really, his last two years have been almost as impressive as his best two years in New Orleans and his best two years um, with the Clippers. With the Clippers, yeah. Well, yeah. I, could- I, would, I would actually say, like, I would say that they're very comparable. And then let's not even forget about the good year. The he had a fan fucking fantastic year with the Thunder. The Thunder should not have been in the playoffs. Fuck, fuck the whole bubble. No, I don't give a fuck about that. They then were like they, a five seed in the playoffs with that team. They were like a four or five seed. So like they had a good season. They did. Because they, they, lost, they lost to uh, Houston in, in the seven. first round in seven with Russ. And, and it came, if you remember, that game came down to the very end with Russ and James Harden, and yep. he was playing with with. Uh, and I think they still had Capella too. No, no, no. No, Capella they might have just had traded Capella. To, yeah. But Capella didn't play with us. No. That year. He was out like the whole year. He had S- he had SGA. We're talking about the Student Government Association. Right. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> and DS-17, you know, uh, the, the, the mixtape, the future ain't even dropped yet. <laughs> right. But Yeah, because they, they were running that three-guard set because Schroeder was uh, good. probably finished second for sixth man of the year that year. Yeah, he got beat by Trez. Yeah. Which, oof, boy, talk about how the mighty fall. Well, Trez was okay at LA Fitness the other day. I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you mean like how Ben Simmons makes every fucking shot he takes when he's in the gym? Did you see the post I sent to the group about Ben Simmons? No. You you just sent it? Just sent it. Ben Simmons is expected to need three to four months to make full recovery on back surgery. Sources tell ESPN the expectation that he'll mental be healed in three to four. He's about to get paid because he's having surgery. I bet this motherfucker is going to get traded, bro. And the thing would be the Nets probably don't want to do that just because what would be the return? It won't be James Harden, right? They're not They're not going to be able to recoup. Uh, you know, you can put Ben Simmons with a guy like Luka. Yeah, I mean, you could. Would it, would it not work? <laughs> I'm just saying. He's the type of player that – Probably when healthy, he, play with Luca. He could, especially. I'm about to switch, by the way. Okay, bet. So yeah, Luca's Luca's exp- expanded his range, so I could definitely see Luca and Ben Simmons working in a great uh, high pick and roll type offense. And then again, the thing you have to do with the Luca team is you have to run a separate offense when Luca's uh, off the court. So then you can allow Ben Simmons to get into his little point guard Ben Simmons bag, and then you can go. You can pair him with Dinwiddie because, again, if you have Dinwiddie and Ben on the court together, you got some different uh, pick-and-roll options there. And, you know, I I like the idea of it. I think it'll make a lot of sense. But does Clutch want to go hitch their wagons in Dallas? 
No, they don't. And then at the end of the day, too, one of the bigger issues with that. You've been in the gym, that, huh? Huh? You've been going to the gym regularly, haven't you? I have. Yeah, nigga, you losing weight. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Um, but uh, I really need a haircut. That's what I need more than anything. But um, nonetheless, uh, they don't. And you want to know why? It's because Dallas doesn't even have the pieces to trade. That, uh, team, you, that team has severely overachieved. Sign and trade Brunson and throw in Dinwiddie's contract as filler and give me, like, Maxi Kleber. But then you really – I don't want Maxi Kleber. I really want uh, – well, no, you won't you, – if you're going to uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you're not going to – you're, you're going to throw you in – You might have the three-team. Give me, give me Hardaway and sign and trade Brunson because Brunson's going to get a max. Somebody's going to pay him. Brunson's getting a max. You know what I know what team in a weird way would be a great fit for him? Who? And I know they kind of, the way they run it, I mean, because they've been starting Marcus Smart. Imagine him on the Celtics. He's a Celtics player. Marcus Brunson, Smart. Imagine Brunson on the Celtics running the point. Brunson should be, I mean. Because he can play off ball too. So like Marcus Smart should be their backup point guard. Or their two when they go in their small lineup and they put Tatum at the four and Rob Williams at the five. I don't even know if that's a small lineup. Yeah, because Al Horford's not on the court. Um, right. So, you know, that that, po- that post about Tyler Hero saying he was putting himself in that Trey, Luca and Book conversation, it reappeared as he got his six-man-of-the-year award. And I go, he's not in that conversation. All of them niggas are all NBA. He's six-man-of-the-year. Right. And I got into a, a, a brief back and forth with somebody who was like, it, politics, that's why he's not. And I'm like, no, it's not politics. He's not a centerpiece. He is a a Jamal Crawford, a, a Lou Williams, a spark plug off the bench that you don't want to build your team around, but you definitely want him on your team and you want him playing in crunch time. Like I want, like Hero is their, is their best pure scorer on the heat. But, but here's the I'm, thing. You wouldn't have a problem with him taking the game winner. You still want Jimmy to probably take that shot. You, you want Jimmy to decide whether or not he gets to take that shot. I don't want Tyler making the decisions. I know Tyler is pulling up even if Bam is wide open underneath the basket. Right. And we're down one. <laughs> yeah. Even if, I, we're down, even if we're down two, we got Bam wide open. We want We want the dunk to go to overtime, not you shoot this damn three Tyler Hero. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just think that a team um, like Miami, it sets up well for him. Like right now the game is on and they've got Butler, Hero, Vic, Gabe, Vincent, and uh, PJ Tucker on the floor. Oh, you said I'm in the game right now? Yeah, you're in the game right now. Um, and – the thing is, is that Miami has set their roster up so well to where a guy like Tyler Hero can kind of thrive in almost any lineup because you can run him as obviously he can. In this set, I'm gonna assume he might be running him or Jimmy's probably running point. I don't even think Jim, Gabe Benson would be the one handling point, even though Jimmy, Gabe's the shortest person on the floor. Jimmy's running point, you know that. Yeah, yes, he he's bringing it up now, but um. <laughs> But but think about it, but Jimmy's basically playing the four on the other side of the floor. But now, granted, matchup wise, they can have this lineup because there's no Embiid. Well, that's why Jimmy gets left 
when when Jimmy's bad, he gets left out of the conversation. And when he's great, he's he's put in the top seven where he should be like in the in the twelve to fifteen. Yeah. Because I know that J- Jason Tatum's probably gonna be first team all NBA. And he's having a great playoffs and his ceiling is higher than Jimmy's. But well, because Jimmy, we know what Jimmy is. Jimmy Tatum Tatum can still like to me, well, Jason Tatum can be. You want to know honestly who offensively, like kind of and defense, like he he's his game really reminds me the most of. Tell me. Kind of Kobe. So I, I figured you were going there. It, it, I mean, that's what that really is. Who but like when I just really look that, at it, I'm like, that's who he looks up to. Kobe. That's who he looked up to. That's who he worked out with. I think that he is a less efficient Kevin Durant. And here's where I, he's – and I say less efficient Kevin Durant because he's like Kevin Durant mixed with Kobe. He's six – he's – okay, we lost you because you're on your phone. Being okay, no, I, wanted to, I wasn't sure how that worked. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So he was – so I say Kevin – he's a he's a Kevin Durant but less efficient. Uh, Kobe-Kevin Durant mixture, right? Because he's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he, can, he can play two through four, handle the ball – he can initiate the offense. He can get your buckets. Mid-range game is nice. Footwork's amazing. The Kobe side of him is he will take bad shots. He, and bad shots don't deter him from, from, from being great. But he's not a Kobe-level defender. But he's he that, he's a sneaky KD defender that is a good defender that would not get the, the credit he deserves for being the type of defender that he actually is. I agree with that take. I mean, that's a great take on kind of how Tatum is just as a player. He's, you know, offensively, I just feel like his game is on a – it's on a level to where he's the type of guy that can take over a game like a Kobe. Yes. And, um, you know, even – you can say – because, look, Kobe didn't always do it by himself, right? And I'm talking even the post-shack team. Well, no, yeah, no. Kobe never did it by himself. He always had help. All right. Well, look. Um, I think a lot of people would disagree with that, but um, nonetheless, no, a lot of people are wrong. Off, well, that's true. A lot of people are wrong. I don't think in that case, but um, I just think that he Tatum, he, his game mirrors it from that perspective. I think that he has that takeover ability that Kobe brought. And okay. now, d- granted, this is the one thing I don't see from Tatum, but but he could develop it. He doesn't have the the dog dog like Kobe like there but there's like man there's like four guys that have that trait he I I think it's I think it's under sold because I think he's he's more quiet about it but the way the way he was approaching Brooklyn and the way he was treating them he he was looking at KD similar to how Josh looking at Steph where Steph's more accomplished, Ja has been in has been in less longer. Like, bro, we peers, and I'm moving in one direction, and you're moving in the opposite direction. Well, and I look at it this way too, and I guess this is kind of the plus side of having it on your phone. I mean, look at this; they're already putting this motherfucker on chips, right? Now it's like him, literally for ruffles. They're doing like but, these combinations. LeBron's got the sour cream in flaming hot. Tatum's not giving us the personality that that we need for for, for what he's doing. Ja, he's quiet. Ja, I, ja I, is giving it. 
Well, I saw somebody was saying uh, a cool said they about to get Jai a sneaker and they don't even like to give out sneakers. No, Kuz, you're not good, so you don't get sneakers. What? Paul George has <laughs> Paul George has a sneaker, okay? Um, and they're actually decent. The the PlayStation ones are really tough. And they're a good basketball shoe. Like even if you don't like how they look, I've played in a few pairs of PGs. Like I, I like PGs for playing in. Jaws, Jaws next for the sneakers, man. Sorry, cat. You don't want you no big cats, big cat ones. Don't know why I want them ugly ass shoes because you know they're gonna be ugly as fuck if they get them, gave them one. It gotta be ugly because this game ugly. Cat is like the he is one of the most talented people that I've never wanted to watch in my life. Like I have never sat down and said, "Hey, bro, let's watch Cat Towns play." It's like it's like, "Hey, bro, the, the Timberwolves playing tonight." Ant Man in? Like, like, like nah, he out. Like no, 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 no. Not if he playing tonight. Like if he in, it's like Ant Man on the court. Wow. <laughs> no, oh no! Takes me when Ant Man come in the game. Ant Man, Ant Man gets some Adidas in two years. Oh, easy. And he has the personality too. Well, yeah, Ant Man has the personality. And, and he kind of, for me, he's shown flashes of that dog. He ha- he has it in him. He he he's got to refine his game now. You know what I mean? Like his game's just not as clean as you, as as the guys we've seen who flash that dog. But his game is is accelerating faster than we expected. Because look at Bi. Bi has turned into what I thought he would be. It just took him time to grow into his grown man body, and be around the right teammates. You know, like you, like you having CJ McCollum to me is like huge well, for him. You can't expect anybody to develop playing for the Los Angeles Lakers because that's one of the most poorly ran franchises in NBA history. But they're LA. And people are going to come there, so it covers up those warts, right? They don't develop anymore, and so you look at like I was thinking about this, right? Here's the hill that I'm so happy I planted my flag on: Ja over Zion, Brandon Ingram over uh, Ben Simmons. You can throw Jalen Brown in that conversation too. He was in that draft. We just forget about it. And he was such a relatively unknown when he got drafted. Right. And Tatum over Markel Fultz. I said that pre-draft. Tatum Wait, over Tatum Markel Fultz. Over Fultz. I said oh. Tatum I said Tatum should have went one before that draft. I'm like, he's a six eight well, wing scorer. Why would I invest in a six? Well, think five? about Boston's the one that made that trade. Because they, they knew and Danny Ainge literally said we got the guy that we were gonna take in one. Yeah, because because they got an extra asset and Magic Johnson is an idiot, but he decides he wants to go on Twitter and tell everybody everybody how to run a franchise when Hey Magic, you ran one, and you sucked. You didn't even finish the season. Like you got LeBron because LeBron wanted to come to LA and start the second phase of his life, and set Bronny up to Bronny and Bryce up to be playing the best high school basketball possible. You got lucky. <laughs> but um, uh, that and then the glamour of being a Laker. Right, Jokic is the most overrated back-to-back MVP ever more overrated than steve nash uh, everybody's talking about jamal murray if he had jamal did murray, they officially give him the award not yet because they can't give it to him because it should have went to Giannis or Embiid. but you know what it's okay because jamal murray the guy who has a t- career average of 18 points per game never <laughs> sniffed an all-star game or, or, or all nba is gonna fucking it's gonna turn the team around you're talking about you're talking about cj McC- 
CJ McCollum with a, with a great big man next to him. That's 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 all he is. That's Jamal Murray. Hear me out. This is what I want to see happen. I want to see one way, and obviously Denver's not going to trade Jokic. I want to see Denver go out and get Dame Willard to play with Jokic in Denver. I want to see Dame Lillard play next to another All NBA player, Jokic. I don't want I don't want that for Jokic. I I root against Jokic because the media roots for him, so I root against him. So but think I, about I root what? for Dame. I, we're not talking about basketball fits right now. We're talking about what I like, my huh. personal preference. Okay, if Bill Simmons can do it, so can I. And and nobody's telling you that you can't. This is your program, um, and you have every right. But I'm just saying, basketball fit wise, okay. Trade wise, because let's assume that Dame would not be able to go to a team and be a part of a big three. So he's got to go to be a duo, and he would Silent. have to play with somebody that's just already the only star on their team. Sign and trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, because Portland will take that. <laughs> uh, Portland's going to want AD. And then, obviously, I mean, they'd have to figure out something with Russ. But he could – I could see him playing there, you know. Bill Orm wrote an, an article in The Athletic on why the Lakers should keep Russell Westbrook. I, I canceled my athletic subscription, but I, it has my attention. <laughs> what would you think – and I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm spitballing and just kind of creating a hypothetical. Okay. Dame's from Oakland, right? Okay. Would you make a deal if this offseason Portland said, give us Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson and you got them? I would make that. And put Dame hmm. with Steph and you still keep Draymond. What are we doing with James Wiseman? Uh, oh, and I'll tell you what. And then they can even say, give us. A first-round pick in Wiseman, and we'll give you uh, Nurkic too. I run it. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, I resign uh, Wiggs. I gotta find yeah, because you can keep Wiggins too, because you're giving up pool. Right. I need to find me somebody, uh, another lanky guard. Because we still got Gary Payton. I need me a, a wing to play some more defense. You know, maybe um. I know they won't do it because nobody wants to have two small guards that can't play defense. But Clay can't play defense. <laughs> Instinctually he can, but physically he can't. Like the, the play he made on Giant Game One, great defensive instincts. Damn near everything else he does is damn Clay, you guarded LeBron and Kyrie in the same series. <laughs> Them niggas would love to see you right now. <laughs> yeah, well, hey man, that's what uh well, he's got the commercial out. How many days was it? Seven hundred and like ninety days. Yeah, he had the John Wall. Hey, guess what? You you, you want to hear something? What? John Wall is better at basketball than Clay Thompson. That's a super hot take. All right, <laughs> our, well, really, a, it's a hot take, but it's really a freezing cold take. No, and here's why I say that: all Clay Thompson can do is catch and shoot on the offensive end, right? And that's what's needed in the NBA. But Clay Thompson has never played. Clay Thompson has not had significant playing time without Steph Curry and Draymond Green on the, on the court. 
That is true. Name John Wall. Really seen it. N- name John Wall's best teammate. John Wall. Bradley Bill. Who? Bradley Bill. You said Mike Jones. Bradley Bill. <laughs> a nigga who disappeared into the abyss. Okay. Hey. <laughs> now, and, and Brad. Now, Brad is a good scorer. Brad's a good six-three score. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the complimentary piece that John Wall. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize he was that short. I thought he was six-five-two until one of my partners was like, "Nah, he's six-three. I'm like, "No." And I looked it up. Brad Bill six-three. Like Brad Bill's a little nigga. Like not I little, thought, but yeah. Because I thought, but I thought Brad Bill was more reality. I thought he was more book than than what he is. Because book is six-five. You yeah, know, he, book, he, book got dark skin nigga tendencies, and he's such a great fit with CP3. I know, I love it. It I it really it. is. It's they are but, they're the best backcourt in the NBA. But, but hey, here and, and here's and here's why I made that John Wall that hot John Wall take right. Book went from good young guy to oh yeah, he's all NBA. He's all NBA. Duh, like why would he not be all NBA? The only difference is CP3. Did Book's game grow a little bit? Yes, it's a natural progression. But Book has not became markedly better as a basketball player. He just has a better team around him. So he's winning more. And he's shooting less because he has better players to give the ball to. And it's like, no, Book has been this. Which is why I say, like, again, don't get me wrong. Klay Thompson, great, great NBA player. He has the resume to get him on NBA 75. Right. But I take it to Bill Simmons didn't put Jalen Green on his all rookie team because he said he didn't play winning basketball. And it's like, well, he's on a losing team with bad players. He's here to learn and develop. He said he would put Herb Jones over him. I'm like, well, Herb Jones is in a better situation and is a role player. So Herb and that Jones, was still a losing basketball team, too. If CJ McCollum, if that trade never happened, the Pelicans wouldn't have been in the playoffs. Exactly. But, like, you can't judge rookies off of wins and losses, right? Like, Evan Mobley nope. was his rookie of the year. No, no. He had Evan Mobley and um, Scotty Barnes as one and two. But I'm like, they went to good teams. They did. The, the Raptors got lucky to get the fourth pick to get Scotty like, Barnes. Like, Cade, they were already still – that team was talented. They were just right. injured last year. Injured in and COVID and weird lost. shit. Huh? They had the injuries and the COVID shit because – yeah, and then Toronto, they didn't play at home. They played in it's Orlando. Weird year for them. And bro, they're playing at Tampa. Kate, to my eye, Cade was the best rookie. Right, and that, and I was just about to ask that question. So did he not have Cade on his first team? I think he put Cade on his first team, but he valued winning. And I'm just like, bro, like B- Bill Simmons is losing his fastball. By the way, he's he's losing his fastball. He used to be so great. His columns were ice. Man, I mean, he's like him. He's like Grantland. I mean, no, he, no, no. Bill's, Bill's content creation was great before the viral moment. Now Bill gets viral moments and says, "Don't aggregate me, don't aggregate me." But when you say like jokingly, "Fuck Jalen Green," and he didn't play winning basketball, you got Ryan Hollins, who's actually really good. Uh, he's getting better. He's so much better. Gil Gil had him on, and Gil broke it down. He's like. You're talking about rookies, bro. Like, he's on a bad team. Nobody wins on bad teams. (laughs) He was like, did he get better from game one to game 82? 
that's what you have to look at. Like, how did this game change? Did rookie Jordan make the playoffs? <laughs> you, I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm trying to think because I think. Are you serious? No, up. he didn't. He didn't. He made the playoffs. I want to say in year two or three. I know he went year two because they got swept by Boston, but when he, he went, had like sixty-three point game. Wait, but when he, I know he went to the playoffs with a below five hundred record, and you know what? We got basketball reference, and that's the thing that like pisses me off. Right? Is, is that you're trying to put two things together? You know, the Lakers, the Lakers missed the playoffs the first year Brian got there and they won a ring the second year and they got put out the first the first round his third year and they missed the playoffs his fourth year. But were the Lakers ever healthy in year one, year three, and year four? No. No. And the healthiest year they had was the COVID year. Exactly. And you can't sit here and tell me that – Oh, Bron's not all NBA this year because he didn't go to the playoffs. Well, AD was hurt. Like somebody who we thought was a top 15 player in the league who's still a top 25 player in the league in a down year. And Russell Westbrook didn't jail and at the same time still took a step back as well. And he's just not good. Excuse no, me, he, doesn't, he doesn't play winning basketball. I'm going to say he's not good. He doesn't play winning basketball. So let's see the 84 85 Bulls. No, I don't care about the fucking game log. Dude. I know he won rookie of the year that year. Well, because he's Michael Jordan, what choice did they have? I mean, I came Elijah on. He's Michael Jordan. What, 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 <laughs> what choice did they have? Like, you know, he's a, he's a golden child. I just wish I could find It's so hard to find wins. On, on, on NBA reference, but I guess I could just look up the uh, 84 85 Bulls regular or, or 84 85 NBA playoffs. Now I'm gonna do the Chicago Bulls. You know what? You know what I've realized though? Sometimes, like, I'd be tripping or worried about like the dead air and it don't be that bad because I listen to other podcasts when they be looking stuff up and they'd be like a full of three seconds. So they were 38 and 44 uh, his rookie year. Let's see, year number two, 30 and 52. Yeah, but they made the playoffs in year two. Right, you think it was 30 and 52? 30 and 52. I, mean, I think it's third year he broke his leg, right? No, I think this was the year they made the playoffs. They were 40 and 42. 40 and 42. So he missed out his first two years. And then year four, he was finally 50 and 32. But he but the, then he broke his leg the year after that. Because one of those years, he like broke his leg. Uh, it was and they 80, might have still made it well. I don't know. 80, it, was, know it, was 85, like it was 85, it was 85, 86, because that's when he played against the 86 Celtics. Okay. I'm more than confident. But you know, but the thing about that is Michael Jordan gets all these passes because we can see the way his career ended that we're not giving young players now. And it's sick. And and, and like do people forget how Kobe's career started, whether it was fair or not. Kobe started coming off the bench, not getting minutes. 
in an all-star game, he did. By the way, I'm not leaving. Him. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I can still you're hear good. you. You're good. But we, we, we tend to forget these things. And you can't judge people's – you can't judge young players in-state against someone else's while they're still at their starting point. I, I think it's bad media. I think it's bad journalism. I think it's just a ratings grab. I think it's – I mean, I was scrolling through the timeline today, and Stephen A. is talking about the Lakers should trade LeBron James. Why is that a topic? That isn't that hot of a take. And I, no, and, and, no, 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 no. I don't care about the take. Why does the topic exist in the middle of the NBA playoffs that LeBron's not in? That's a good question. Because That's it's the problem. It's just like, hey, make your – and this goes back to Bill Simmons losing his fastball. Make your content worth the clicks. Don't, don't, don't build the content around the clicks. Build the fucking content and make it get the clicks. At some point, people deserve, like, real information. Not, will LeBron James be traded? No, the Lakers shouldn't trade LeBron James because they don't know how to build a team and properly develop talent. That's a conversation for another day. Let me see. The, the I, Lakers, look, there's a lot of problems there, and we all okay. know it. Yeah, health, health being the biggest, right? Okay. Health being the biggest. Um, I don't know why he would be being brought up. I mean, look, and I get it. I guess because we're just so used to seeing him in it. And certainly not just seeing him in it, but and, – and, 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 you know, that's another thing about LeBron. I'm not going to say he takes that Jordan approach in a weird way, but think about it. Why is LeBron not on with uh, Kenny and Shaq and them one night here to talk about it? Yeah, I get it. He typically has these deep runs, and um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get to spend as much time with his family, maybe, right? But why is it that a guy like LeBron isn't getting on one of these shows? Am I off? Lee, I see not what. I don't know yeah, what's happening there. I, I went back in the room where the Wi-Fi is terrible. And I was using the bathroom. Ah, okay. But no, I'm just saying. I guess that's a question that you have to ask yourself. Why is it that a guy like LeBron doesn't get on TNT with these guys? Because he controls his own narrative. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. I feel like D-Wade's got enough cash, eh, with LeBron to get him in on the show. You know, I do too. I don't. And I, I just think LeBron wants to control everything that he does, and he thinks he's above it, so he doesn't do it. And who's going to tell him he has to? When have you seen MJ on one of these shows? <laughs> you don't. You don't fucking see MJ <laughs> you, on one of them. Like, you don't see MJ talking uh, too often unless it's his narrative. Um, I listened to Adam Silver on Dan Patrick talk about the last dance tapes, right? Right. Adam Silver was a part of the team that came up with the idea to record that. They had no idea what to do with it because in that time we weren't doing these those types of sports documentaries, you know? 
Like there wasn't really the platform to properly display it. So like they didn't, they didn't know that this, that the, what this was going to turn into, but they guaranteed you know the safety of it in the NBA archives. And then when MJ wanted it, it came out. Like them guys don't got to speak. Jordan, like, Jordan. Everybody ain't KD. No, and that's true. Or or Kyrie for that matter. Bro, did I send you that send you that uh the Kyrie on KD's podcast? No, did they just do it? So Kyrie was on there with KD's co-host. KD wasn't even on there. Huh. Oh yeah, Steven and them gonna rip Kyrie probably tomorrow. Um and he would what, just what, speak. I mean, what was he talking? He talked about Cleveland, Boston, his, his him the basketball player, his life. Honestly, it's good. Like, you just get perspective. You just get Kyrie's perspective. And it's not like his angry Twitter rant that he went on that I really appreciate it, even though I'm somebody who sits around and talks about other people and I try to monetize it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm okay with him with him having issues with that because, for one, that drives up this market. But also, he deserves to speak back on what people say about him and I think I think he had a valid point talking about how like these networks will find a Stephen A. Smith uh, or even a Shannon Sharp who will come out and speak out against certain behaviors from the black community, and and it gives it it gives them credibility to talk about it when while they're pushing the narrative that the institution wants pushed that may be to the detriment of black people, right? Because the way Stephen A. has gone after Kyrie all year. It's like, bro, he didn't take money out of your pocket. He doesn't. Even, he doesn't even play for the Knicks, who you're a fan of. Why are you just bothered by his decisions? Stephen A. Here, I'm, at, I'm about to get right back on camera. I'm just wait. Okay, great. Bet went through. Stephen A. Is the type of guy that, you know, I think he really does do a lot of this for. This really is for show. Like, too. Yeah, and that's the problem. He doesn't believe. I believe that literally when he sees these dudes, he is like so fucking buddy buddy with them to the point at where they they almost know that he's just tripping on TV and that it's just his job type shit. But then they kind of might even take it personal because it's just like, bro, you can't be selling it like that. Well, that's why I respect Charles Barkley because what he he said he was like, you got to go on TV and say what you believe. Because you don't want to lose credibility with the fans and you don't want to lose credibility with the players. He's like, a player can hate me for my criticism of them. But they need to know that is what I believe based on what I saw. And I think that's why Chuck gets to say whatever he wants and he still has a job and he's still highly paid. And we don't know how much Chuck gets paid. But I bet Chuck makes almost as much, if not more, than Stephen A. Smith for doing half the work. I bet he makes... I bet he makes almost eight, nine million. Stephen A is earning his check. Like, you know, Stephen A got praised for that big check. But I'm like, look how much he works. He works in the morning. He works at, at night. At one point, he was doing he was doing Sports Center where he was hosting it. Bro, he got like the six he, o'clock show. He, he does doing the morning. His, he does the NBA countdown. He was doing his radio show. I'm like, dog, y'all, y'all working him too hard. <laughs> well, what do you think they're about to do to fucking Troy Aikman? And Joe Buck. Joe, obviously, Joe Buck's obviously going to do baseball and football, right? 
Oh, which actually brings up a good point on them. I wonder, I guess maybe Monday Night Football is when they're going to start doing that, but when do they make the official switch is the real question. So here's here's what I don't know, but here's what's going to happen. They did this for the new TV deal. Because I bet ESPN is going to try to make a play for another night of football. They and said that uh, Amazon, they're, they're fighting, that they're fighting to try and get Friday night football. Yeah, NFL's going too far. Friday night football, Munich football, like, dog. I'm not even mad at Munich. And this is, I'll tell you why. Because if you're already doing a game in London, I see nothing wrong, especially, you got to think about it. They used to have NFL Europe. Yeah. Like yeah the teams yeah. were like in Germany. There were a couple of them in Germany. And start it back up and call it the USFL in Europe. <laughs> and, and I'm with you. But don't you think it's pretty cool to have a game out there? I think it's cool until I want to watch it. Well, and, you know, the people that are really getting butt-fucked in that situation are the people on the West Coast. That's who's no, getting fucked. The people are getting fucked are the players. <laughs> Hopsecutioner. How'd you know? Look, you know what's I crazy? You know because I never have beer. I know. I, I literally bought beer to be a good host now. I have beer and I've got some um, uh, some claws to crush with Connor when Connor and, and, and Beth get over here. <laughs> wait, wait, till, wait till Adam comes over. He's crushing some fucking claws on Friday. Yeah, a couple claws. We'll, we can hit up Dale and talk shit to him and be like, look what we got. Like, it's like I know you I know you want one. And then he's like, dude, I already got one. <laughs> Here's, what I do. Here's what I'll do. I'll wear a similar outfit to what I wore on my most recent Instagram picture. I do a button up, long sleeve, some super short shorts. Uh, uh, but you got to roll up the sleeves. Roll, but, roll but only like two rolls. Two rolls. It can't I get have, all the way up to your elbow. Three buttons undone. I'll throw on my. Uh, I, I, I forgot the Nikes that I was wearing. The, the high top ones that all the fucking white guys wear when they're dirty. Dirty. Right. Get them. Those. I'll put it on long white Nike, like Nike crew socks, like a total fucking bro. Well, and, and and then, you know, uh, I forgot what they're called, but you have to have the sunglasses, especially if it's daytime. The Some sunglasses coasters, to have, like, the back the piece. The coasters. The coasters yeah. with the piece. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He slays. He fucking right. slays. <laughs> He's like, dude, I just saw this. I, I saw this dude. He came in here last week on everything, God. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, like I swear to fucking God. <laughs> fucking bang this chick, bro. He, like, banged her. Like, he just went up to her and he just said, look, I want to bang you. And, like, he fucking took her back to the apartment, bro. Guy came out in like ten minutes. Now he's just he slayed. It was fucking crazy. Bro, 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 stop it though. Here's the thing, dude. We're fucking out, man. Saw this chick. She's super fucking hot. <laughs> her name was Maddie. Fucking hooked up right there on the dance floor. Start finger banging her. You know, finger banging her real good. Right. With, with fucking consent, obviously. With fucking consent. You know, she let me finger bang her. I took her back. It's like, dude, she was sticking his hand in his pants. It was clearly consent. She yeah. wanted it too. She wanted it more than he did. Yeah, and then and then Kyle showed up. Kyle tried to fu- try and fucking talk to her later on that night. We're just like, dude, he's already hitting. Like, dude, like smell this. Like, right. <laughs> hey, you know something that's funny that I learned uh, from from the white from my white friends. What you know how like we go out? You know, if we catch some rhythm from a girl at nine times out of ten, we're gonna finish the night and then like detour and go home. Yeah. I was taught you don't do that. Like she's giving you the vibes, you fucking leave right now. I mean, straight to the point. I, I I think, but you know what? Typically, I feel like at least in our community, 
if you're out and that even is the case, they typically are going to want to follow you to where you go next. Right. If, if it, I get and I guess it would depend on what time of day it is like and what it is. Cause if you're in San Diego on PB and you're mm. getting brunch, like justice, that's what justice did. Correct. Yeah. 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 He, 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 he made the right move, but here's the thing. I wouldn't have made that move. I would have been like, well, he yeah, just stayed, he just stayed with them. In general. Right. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, you're like, you're with us for the rest of the night or I'm leaving. I'll right. get up with you later. <laughs> but when I lived in San Diego, I right. and, there was and, a, and that might have been a little bit of the difference too. He's the out of town and they actually did live there. They weren't from out of town. They were but, they were natives. But so like when I lived there, I would run into those situations where like, oh yeah, I'm about to get some ass. And like I've seen guys get the ass that I thought I was gonna get because I'm like, it's eleven thirty. <laughs> I just got to the bar. I paid for Uber. Right. <laughs> I gotta get drunker before we like go back to your place and my place. And then it's like, yeah, man, she left with Ben. Well, all that, and then it just you, they, you get lost in the shuffle because if you just go over there, you know, you do your game, you get the number or the Instagram, whatever, you like get the contact or whatever. You may not sit there and literally talk to them the entire night. Right, I, like yeah, I'm never, just a straight two hours, like I never two hour talk. I never do that. I'm gonna go talk to some other girls. <laughs> you gotta talk to other girls, link back up with the boys, you know, fucking go back over, like you know, or or even worst case to even extend it. Most of the time, especially if she's not by herself, which they normally never are. Yeah, then you're introducing the boys to the friends. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then it's a commingling thing, and then we're all trying to figure out. Who wants All right, to? Are we are we going back here? Like what? Where are we going? Where we need to go as a group, guys. Like, cause cause everybody knows. Even if even if you're not gonna bang the chicks, like everybody knows, women attract other women. Yeah, they yeah. just do. If you if a, if a nigga walks in with a bunch of bitches, it's gonna bitches gonna be looking at him and be like, who the fuck is that, bro? So I tell I tell a story right. Like, you're a little vulnerable on here. <laughs> Drinking. So I remember I went out with with a group. We're a group of friends, right? And then, like, story starts giving me a little bit of play play, right? And then, you know, we hanging out through that night. We start face dancing. Then she turns it around a little bit, you know. We start, you know, dancing and stuff, you know. All right. Hooking up on the dance floor, you know. That boy, that boy is getting his groove on. Yeah, Dale style, baby. All and, right. uh, <laughs> so then, like, we end up going back to this Airbnb. And then I'm like, we get we get we get there. I go up. This is back when I used to smoke black and miles. Go upstairs, bum a cig. Cause I couldn't get, I didn't have a black and mild on me. I was like, hit the cig, go downstairs. That was cig right there. Yeah, right. cig like that. Yeah, cig. Uh, go downstairs. She's fucking sleep. Whatever. Really? I was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I hopped in the Uber. I went home. Kick it the next weekend. And I'm like. Okay, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll run it this weekend. You know, we we'll just pick up where we left off. You know, hanging out with the group. I probably head back to the crib. You know what I'm saying? I'll head back to your crib that her crib that night. You know, fam. I t- I, I wasn't like giving her like the attention all night. Some other dude like slides in. Meanwhile, I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> he comes downstairs like, "Hey, bro, you got a condom?" Oh, had one. <laughs> I was like, like, nah, dog. I'm like, nah, bro. He's like, I'm straight raw dog. You know? I was like, nah, bro. I ain't got no condom. Like, 
don't, I don't get grown ass men condoms. That's, what? That's a you problem. Now I'm sitting there drunk as hell, hating, too drunk to drive home. Cars out front, and I'm like, Was it? Have- wait, were you the only? So did did she have roommates or like were you y'all the only three people there? No, no, no. There's some other people who like who like live further away, and they all like crash. But it was still one of them things where it's like, uh, like, Fuck you. <laughs> basically, like, like I soberly was spending the night there, right? Because that's where I parked my car, right? Not expecting a drunken man to be there because I always would spend the night there, and in previous it was always you know platonic and like those vibes weren't were never there, weren't there right. for me to to make that move. But then once the opportunity presented itself, I'm like, dang, yeah, we just a week off. I, I got it. Never gonna get it now. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, okay right. that, with, well that you know. shit's been sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've left a lot on the table and we're okay with that, man. But speaking of leaving things on the table, um, there's rumors that Oh wow. <laughs> there's rumors that uh, you know, women aren't gonna have the choice to whether or not to leave the baby. No, I mean, they don't have a choice. They're going to have to leave the baby on the delivering table now, you know. The rumors are coming out that um, that the Supreme Court is going to roll back Roe v. Wade. Shout out to 50% of women who voted for Donald Trump who um, allowed him to appoint two um, uh, conservative justices that kind of influenced this. And, um, you know, the conversation now is saying that men – should not make laws about women. And I think that is a separate conversation than the rollback of Roe v. Wade. Because I think that we are supposed to elect lawmakers who have the best interests of the people and not necessarily do what the people want, but do what's for the best interests of the people. And, and you know, some people say, well, men shouldn't be saying women can't get abortions. I'm like, bro, I've met women who say women shouldn't get abortions. So it's it's not just men who think this. There are women who think that. But to outlaw abortions. I'm about to send you a clip, by the way, but keep going. Okay. To outlaw abortions at the same time, you know, we're outlaw, we're trying to outlaw critical race theory. Um, I think we're getting to a point in our society where there are those who are trying to make people they're trying to force group think on everybody and not allow freedom of thought. And it's pretty sickening and it's scary. But the idea that these men, not even these men, that these people want to tell a woman what to, that she can't have an abortion, I just don't see why you care so much. If it's not you, it's not your kid or your fetus or your kid to be, like, why do you care? It, it is, it's a very interesting, uh, conversation that that obviously is had around this and you know my biggest thing with it is i actually can see it from both ways in a weird way now i'm personally somebody that's pro-choice i believe that women should have um control of their bodies and more importantly they ultimately make that decision now Mm -hmm. i am also somebody that i know it depends on the law i i believe that there should be a set time for it that I okay. think that that's kind of my thing. Like, I know that there's there have been in some cases basically women could almost have them all the way up until three months, and so like, 
I'm I'm against that. And so like well, look, I, I am against You say that, that bro. That. I was born at seven months. That's yeah, right. And there's preemies out here. There's it's just yeah, I'm just against that. I think that there should be a set time. I don't know what that time is because I'm not a health professional and I'm not an OBGYN. I don't know too much about that. But I think that ultimately in those situations it doesn't really matter what the reason is that you're getting it done you know um whether that be your young parents and you shouldn't have been having unprotected sex and you're just not ready to be parents or you know that you're not in a position to take care of a child which a lot of people don't realize man that is some work let me tell you that shit some work but you ease into it like you know what i mean you'll ease yeah. into it but certainly you do need to be in a position to be able to take care of a child like if you that's how you know i've never understood how like teenage kids i mean they're i mean they're fucking obviously that's how you have a child but like <laughs> how how like a 16 15 year old be having a child because the grandma's damn near taking care you i mean you're not even bro you can't take care of the grandma is the mom like hey hey 15 year old put a condom well you would think that they would be more afraid i mean well i don't know Especially, but, but but this has been going on for forever, and so like um, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I, so from the perspective of how I can see how the conservative aspect of it, I look at even somebody like Kanye. Kanye said that his father wanted him aborted, and that if he if that had happened, you know there would be no Kanye was, and right. So and then of course that Kim wanted to abort North, and it tears him up because he thinks of if this decision was made out of selfishness in a sense of just cause we don't, we, we don't want to have a child or we're not ready right now or whatever the reason is, he would be missing out on his first daughter that he loves so much that he's so glad is here. And that that decision wasn't that big. But then of course, on the other side of the spectrum and why I'm more, I lean towards pro-choice is because I just think that it's really, it's not, it's, it's, it's up to that individual. I determine what, what I and I, it's not a good comparison, and I'm not trying to compare it in that way. But I determine what I put into my body. I get to determine everything about my body, whether I want to work out, whether I want to crush some beers, if I if if I, I want to do recreational drugs, I for my lungs. I mean, whatever it is, I have crush some claws. Yeah, some snatch raw. Yeah, I I make those are decisions that I can make, and I don't see why this would be any different for a woman. I know everybody's like, well, it's another life involved. It, it, and it, that's where my time comes into it, the time frame of when it happens yeah. to me. But you know what, man? I'll, I'll tell you. Because I, I, I get so flummoxed about when people care about what other people are doing, right? Like, people who call the police on other people when the thing doesn't affect them. It's like, why are you calling the cops? Or why are you intervening in these two people about to fight? You don't know why they're fighting. It's none of your business. Right. You know? And then I was having a conversation, um, and I was told, you know, it's population control. Like, the emergence of abortions originally came up, and, and, and these are not my thoughts. These are thoughts that were given to me, right? The emergence of abortions came to control uh, black people, right? Yes. And you, you, can, you can look at the locations of Planned Parenthood and stuff. There's, there's an argument for it, and even if you take it back to uh feminism women's suffrage and all of that you know susan b anthony and them uh they really wasn't riding with with the black woman uh they're just riding with, with the woman right white woman and then you know i was told that 
again, I was told, I have not fact-checked this, that um, abortion is happening more in the white community. And because America's becoming the melting pot that we said it was, it's actually becoming that, that it's being used again, we're reversing it as a means of population control to ensure that white people stay the majority. I don't know that to be true. I've not done any research into it. Obviously you can't find that shit on paper. It's, it's conspiracy. It's, it's, it's believable conspiracy. Not to think that I believe it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? It sounds like, um, something that could be true okay but at the same time like anything else it's a conspiracy as far as i'm concerned because there is nothing to prove this like uh, it is it's not that it can't be right in front of us and it just be like open your eyes man like look at this like you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it could be something to that effect to where if you really do just take a look at it now i don't know if you know where because it's such a random thing to even look up. But for instance, I know that I know for a fact that there's an abortion clinic um, in Buckhead. There's one on uh, the road is Winsica Road. Okay. And Winsica Road, if you look it up, those are some of the most baller fucking houses in Buckhead. Literally not even a mile away. Okay. And I've seen it. Now, this is how I know. Because I've driven past it and... If you're in Buckhead in the morning, because typically I would imagine, I guess that's when people would go get that done. I don't know, but either way, I've I've had to be in Buckhead in the morning, and I've driven past this place, and there's like you know, eight, and I I had to for a, it was for a minute I had to go past it almost every other day. Every morning these people were out there. There's like six, eight people. They're holding up signs. They got Bible verses. They're trying to basically it appears to convince the people coming in to not go in and do it. And so you like know, I said, you know what we should do? We should go find one of those Bible beaters rallies, right? Yeah. And get the and, and get the scripture in the Bible where God talks about not judging because the one who judges will be judged. <laughs> and we and we should have a, a god off, right? Right. <laughs> because what I've come to realize is that a lot of the people who scream how much they love God and, and are constantly in support of the, the Bible and church, I don't think they look at the scripture for what it's meant, what it what it what I would what I think the intentions of it is. Is to say, hey, do right by people, treat be treat people better, believe in a higher power because he can deliver you because we're all flawed human beings. Right. Instead of saying, like, look at me, I'm living life better than you, you should live more like me. I admit that I'm flawed. And I go, you should, like, look towards God to, to improve yourself because I'm not him and I can't be him. And none of us can because we're all, I mean, and, 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 and that's the whole premise of Christianity, right? I mean, that is where that line typically gets drawn is because this is, this is uh, as people, we, we are all flawed. We're all sinners and it's all, no sin is now, of course, from the human perspective, murdering somebody is worse than me going to go steal candy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, absolutely. Like, right. We know how to do it, but based on 
what scripture says, there is no sin that's greater than the other. Whether that in the Bible where I guess it can be claimed that being gay is a sin, right? That's what it, it said. But it, but it, but that or goes, what is what is preached at least, what, and that goes to forgiveness. Whether it's interpreted wrong or not, but I I think I think humans struggle to forgive, especially when it's personal to them, right? Well, not even when it's personal to them because when it has nothing to do with them, right? Like humans struggle to forgive in general. Like what makes no sin greater than the other is that God can forgive anything as long as you change your heart. You change your actions, absolutely, right? and humans, we don't do that because there is somebody who is judging us by who we were eight years ago in college. It goes, hey, and still, still has that belief of that's this person, right? And I've and I've had conversations with people from like, especially now that I live in Albany, I go back to Cartersville more, and people will say something to me, and I'll go, dog, I did that twelve years ago. When I graduated from high school, do you not think I act different at 30? Oh, dang, bro. You know, you. I thought you was. No, I've, I'm a mature human being. I, I, I grow and I develop, you know? And, and just like with growth and development, we've seen the growth and development of the treatment of the heckler at the comedy show. Right. Because, you know... We saw Will Smith try to keep it real. And Chris Rock didn't respond. But we saw some rando <laughs> try to keep it real with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you saw that video, too. Uh, of, of Dave wanting to smoke. Man, but you know what's so funny? He's like, he's like, he's like, I gotta go see this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this was honestly straight out of Chappelle show, like skit, like low key. No, and Jay, Jay then when Fox. he was over there, he's like, but he literally, you could hear him say it through the mic. He's like, he's like, stop him. And um, and then obviously the cherry on top is the fact that Chris Rock was there, and then he he's been waiting to get that off for so oh, long, yeah. and that was obviously the perfect time to do it it's somebody running up on stage to get someone and then all the all the all the heavy hitters are in there because he even like shouted out jamie fox for coming out on stage because jamie was there will smith is that you right <laughs> it, 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 and it was and i'm sure that Chappelle was probably one of the people that ended the night you know he's yeah. he's a headliner and yeah, so yeah, the night was over but either way it was going to be a running joke throughout <laughs> the entire it's gonna it, online it's gonna continue to be one and, you know, I'm not one who promotes violence, but I promote adequate retaliation when necessary. And that, you know, and that's why I beg the question of whether or not that guy was going to be able to sue. I feel like there has to be something in there to where. He can sue and lose. Well, and that was going to be the other thing. First of all, depending on unless somebody, you know, Ben Crump's this thing and they just take over the case because they're like, oh, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity to take money from Dave and mm -hmm. Netflix. We can sue the whole damn thing if that's what you want to do. But we're going to get 99% of it and you're going to just get enough to pay, take care of your medical bills. But outside of that, yeah, we'll do it just so we can get paid. Like, outside of that, he's going to get a public defender. You talking about More a than Black Thomas lawyer? Huh? You talking about, like, Black Thomas lawyer who tried to sue the, the Kardashian empire for 100 mil? Yes. Or like the people that try and sue Drake like randomly 
for whatever reason. Like, like one chick tried to sue him because she broke into his property. I, I'm going to take this pro bono. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's 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 crazy. It's 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 really is crazy, man. But we knew that eventually that somebody was going to try some shit like that at a comedy show. And I think Chappelle is a comedian who has said enough things that uh, you can understand. That pisses some, people off. Yeah, yeah. Like Dave Chappelle, he sits and calls you broke at his shows, like Jay Z does in his verses. Well, you, yeah, because you went and saw Chappelle, right? Yeah, I went. Yeah, I went out a documentary thing, and he was like, he said something. He was like, "See, y'all don't, y'all can't relate to that, because I'm rich. Y'all want." Right. Now, now he's a real look. Dave's a real nigga. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. His show. I do too. And, because and, and, if, if I were him, because of what he walked away from, and when he walked away from it, you gotta understand he's as they say he's cut from a different cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, but he really is. Like he he stands on what he believes in, and that's why he's doubled down. I was gonna say, he, well, and think about it, and it it ended up really working out better because. Let's say he did even take that deal. You could have got some bad seasons of Chappelle show potentially. Did you see season three? It wasn't that bad. There were some funny skits on there, but think about it. They were basically stuff that he mainly had cut. I mean that it was it was headed to what the last season of uh the boondocks was. Same yeah. direction. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> exactly. That was- that was rough, and I don't know why they're even going to try and reboot that with, especially with uh, Grandpa. John, yeah, John Willisman's dead. That's yeah, I I don't know how they're going to be able to pull that one off, but um, you know, but speaking of reboots, uh, I think I put it in there that you saw they're going to do a reboot of that '70s show, and everybody is returning except uh, the guy that played Hyde, because of course he's like caught up in like rape case i don't know if you were a big that 70s show. i used to love that 70s show. I, I watched it when it was on like it's hide the little gay one no that's fez and that's wilmer velma okay. you know because he did the show yo mama and okay oh that was no, you, like... hide is the guy is the 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 weed head okay i mean i guess they all smoke because that's what they were doing in the basement but like so so we got out we got ashton kutcher and mary mila kunis yeah they're both they're go- both gonna be on it so is uh topher grace and donna the girl nope. that played donna and Don't so are the parents. Like they basically have got everybody to come back, except Todd. Like everybody's gonna come back, and and they're calling it that '90s show. And of course, it's on Netflix. So like, I, I saw the I saw the clips going for it because I saw the parents looking old as shit. You know, don't tell Cindy this, but Mila Kunis, she does it for me. Huge fan. She always did, man. I mean, and and that's why I was such a big fan. You know. And then what made it crazier, you know, as a kid, you don't pick up on stuff. You can tell somebody's voice is the same. But, of course, to find out that she was Meg Griffin, you know, when you're, like, but, 12, you're, like, but she, but you're she like oh, wasn't. shit, she plays Meg. But Meg's, like, hideous on the show. Like, and Mila's so fucking bad. Like, oh, God. One of the bad moms? No, Mila's one. Um, she's the equivalent of how I used to feel about um, – What's your face on Cousin Skeeter? <laughs> Megan Good? Yeah, man. Megan Good on Cousin Skeeter. When I was younger, I was like, bro, this is like the hottest. You know, I was a Beyonce and J-Lo guy growing up. And as I've gotten older, I've like, obviously they're amazing. But I've become less of, of them. You know, like. Well, me and you, we share one person. J-Lo? 
or Beyonce? Drea. Ho, 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 ho. You stop it. You stop it. I'm just saying. And Dr- Drea, I've been thought. I was oh, like, yeah. man. Yeah. I, like, I got to get my funds up. <laughs> like, straight up. But you know what? She's not even the total sack chaser because she was like with Orlando Skandrick. Right. And he was, uh, he had that one year where he got kind of paid. Yeah, but like maybe seven or eight a year, but like but on the level of rich guys that she could have been with, you know, like they had kids and shit. Like, like that was white. But think about it, they. Everybody always rumored that her her first son was like Gilbert Arenas's kid. Well, Gilbert is <laughs> he one of them? Right, Gilbert has got to sign a hundred million dollar contract. Right, and got paid a lot. And of then, money and then didn't play like at all after he signed it. <laughs> like literally. You no, know, it's funny you bring up these celebrity women, and I think that takes us right into the. Uh, oh, the Met. Gala. Yeah. So, you know, I had like strong opinions on the Met a few years ago. I think it was last year when AOC showed up making her political stance, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey. You're a politician. Go to work and make your political stance. <laughs> I don't need you raising awareness at the Met Gala. Cause I question why you're here <laughs> with the rappers, the trappers, the ball players, Russell Wilson and Kurtz. Excuse me, Kilts. Sorry, Kilts. Well, well, Russell Westbrook. You said Wilson. I said Wilson. Well, Westbrook. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson wasn't there. Wasn't there this year. Well, he didn't make the pictures. Well, Sierra, right? Sierra was there. You know, I should ask my friend if. Uh, Russell Wilson was there, but she probably won't text me back because uh, because <laughs> you're fucking sleazy, man. You can't even remember a fucking birthday. Oh, sorry. I have a girlfriend and I live a, a, a totally different life that is devoid of you and your significant dates. Bad man. <laughs> That's what she's saying. She's like breathing her in. She's like, bad man. You're committed to your girl. Like, how right. He's just you know, like, nigga, you should still be thirsting over me. You know what? That's the conversation that we should do on a different podcast. Um, we're not two hours in about like the audacity. We could dedicate a whole show to some shit like that. Yeah, no, I think we could like and bring get, and get some misogynistic guys to come in, like Jew, Jew, Josh. We can't get Josh. Josh won't come in. We could throw Matt in there. We can get Matt in there because Matt was was mansplaining the women on International Women's Day. <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, I'm interested to hear his take on Roe v. Wade. And, you know and, what? And, Matt probably probably got a favorable DM when he was telling women about their bodies that day. Call that nigga Doctor Flowers. You know what I mean? He <laughs> yeah, just I mean, he 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 knows exactly what what what's right for them. He defies gravity. <laughs> but Matt, Matt, the only nigga I know. Who can come out with foundation and some slate eyebrows or eyelashes and hit something that we couldn't if we wanted to? Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And and well, think about it now. Even for him, I mean, he's a little shocked. I think he, I think Matt's a little butthurt that I oh. won something and and he didn't. And ah. and it's okay. I mean, here's the thing. Look. I like to try and be competitive with Matt because me and Matt have had similar experiences and y'all had some battles. I mean, this we is had, probably, well, it feels good to get this W. You know what I mean? <laughs> this was a hard fought one. You know, getting a dub, getting a double Matt 
Yeah, because I know I've been in a situation where I thought I was, I was going to sell a deal. And this was years ago, years, years ago, 10 years ago. And Matt shows up. I had no idea Matt had history. And all that work I put in was for nothing. Like, hey, bro, he don't get to show up at fucking 2 o'clock and win. But he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. Yeah, well, it's almost as if, you know, he was doing it on purpose or something. He to probably, where he could have been done, just got done doing something and then came over and then it's just like it, bro, all it was, that work gets thrown out the door. I, it's like one time he pulled up to like a Purdue party. And like, you know, he really partied with us all night. Yeah. It's like, really, dude? Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at you because that's the game. And that's consent also. Right. <laughs> but fuck. I could have talked to this little six over here and probably sealed it up. I mean, I've been missing because I didn't think I was planning the flower patch. Well, yeah, you know, you're you're over there, you know, giving her Instagram like Met Gala compliments. You know Correct. how how because how paganism the Met Gala is, yeah, and then that just shows up, and you know, it would be the equivalent to somebody kind of like how we said with LeBron. And I know that's a weird analogy and bringing okay. it in, but kind of like what we said with LeBron, how the NBA playoffs are going on, but somehow, some way, everybody's talking about fucking LeBron James. <laughs> like, like, what does this nigga have to do with any of this basketball that's going on? I mean, I we're going to have plenty of time in the offseason to talk about what the Lakers are doing. The coach already been fired. <laughs> you know, all this is going on, but we want to talk about him. And Matt's the guy, he hadn't been there the whole fucking night. And then somehow he just swoops in like fucking uh, Batman to save Gotham or something. I mean, this guy, the Joker, has been blowing buildings up all day. <laughs> and this guy shows up because a fucking symbol goes up. And now he just saves the fucking city. The Matt symbol. <laughs> yeah, the Matt symbol. I mean. Well, man, like, let's get back to the Met Gala. The, you know, the Met Gala is disgusting. It's, um, it's, pagan, it's paganism at its finest, literally. I don't, I don't know what happens in there. I don't know what the event is. I'm thinking that they're all coming together to donate X amount of dollars to give to something. The fucking Red Cross. I mean, well, maybe <laughs> the American it to the, Cancer Society. I mean, maybe they're giving it to the Met, and and the and the New York Mets are, are getting richer. They got the richest owner in sports. Which nice cover by the Braves today to salvage that um uh, series. Considering coming into it, if they had if they had won three out of four. You know, that would have put the Braves – the Braves were already – they're already back like six games. So you start talking about if they got swept, they would have been down 10. That's an early hole that's tough to get out of. <laughs> it is. So for them to go in and there be no difference and you split two on the road, I'll take it. I'll take it. But but um, but um no, seriously, the Met Gal is paganism at its finest. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an event where – it's all about taking pictures and posting them on the shade room, Hollywood unlocked spiritual word, but you, you know, name, you whatever, like, whatever gossips variety. There's no pictures on the inside. Like they keep the whole inside private. That's what makes me think there. You got a, uh, what's her name? Uh, with a machine gun Kelly and whatever that girl's name is drinking doing, blood and shit. Drinking blood. Megan Fox. Right? Yeah. Megan Fox. Fox. Yeah. yeah. Megan Fox. Doing blood sacrifices. I, I, I don't know what's going on in there. Well, and, 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 and you have to think about it. It's such a diverse group of people. Hillary Clinton is there. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. There's politicians in there. OBJ. There's movie stars. There's TV people. There's Young Thug. Why is Young Thug and Hillary Clinton in the same room ever? I don't even know if Thug went this year. I'm just saying. Well, well, Wana was there. Who? Oh, Wana. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he, he looked like fucking Count Chocula or something. Or you know, Count I'm Dracula. I'm tired of people saying that that wanna be fresh because he don't. I don't. I really shit like was ugly, shit. and uh, but you know what? That's what they want. The thing is, is that any maybe it's a puppet, love, right? Maybe it's a puppet show, right? Maybe it's these these rich designers just seeing how stupid they can make these niggas look <laughs> to go to the show, and then they still pay them for the shit. Because like Jack, like Jack Harlow, he was clean. Like he had on just like a basic. Tuxedo that costs more money than a tuxedo I'll probably ever pay for. Right. Um, uh-huh. Even First your class. Right. That shit hard. You got Alicia Keys with New York City on her back. It's like, yeah, we get it, Alicia. You're from New York. Got but, it. And and you keep dropping the tracks that 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 are you paying homage to, to New York. Like maybe you should leave New York for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you got that rat vermin in your water, and, and you just you just got. You just sick, you know what I mean? Right. Then, even uh, your boy Skeet, Skeet Davidson, he came in there pretty, he pretty fresh. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, I mean, he was basic. He looked like a blues brother, but um, uh, I think that's that, that's how I would look going to something like that. You know, I may, I may play with a little bit of color here or there, but well, I'm still gonna be like classy, simple. So, and that's what I would probably do. Like for me, I'm a big. I love blazers. Like I love blazers. Like I wouldn't. I I don't mind doing a whole suit that's the same color as long as it's fly as fuck. Like, um, you know, and that's why I've been trying to cut down on some weight too. Cause I used to. I I love the way like there's certain types of looks that you can do. But like I'm a big fan of having a blazer that pops. Now, and I don't want it to be all these crazy designs. I just like a good color. Bro, yeah, like, but but it's sleek, I, and then the material being good, like. I can't find my velvet maroon blazer, dog. Like I cannot find it. I have no idea where it's at. Velvet. Oh yeah. Okay, man. But you know what's even crazier too. Speaking of, you're saying velvet, but maroon blazers in general. You know, I never got my Morehouse fucking blazer. They never gave it to me. It's fine. I don't know where mine's at, and I'm not looking for it. Yeah, but I mean, I still. God, wait. I mean, I thought it was a part of that NSO freshman year shit. I take a break, bro. I never got that shit. You know, and you know what? You're a Pete who never got something, and you know, Pete Davidson should have never got Kanye's kids tatted on him. <laughs> Yo, what? well, and he didn't even get their names, just the first initial, and it's pretty much implied. It's like, huh, K for Kim, uh, N for North, P for Psalm, C for Chicago, and then I'm forgetting one. Anyone like East or West? Mm-mm. There's North, Chicago, Song. South? Nah. I don't remember his third child's name. I don't follow these people that well. I just know that those are definitely three of them. (laughs) Nonetheless, point being, it's very apparent who it is, and it's just like, this guy Kanye, it's like, I'd be fucking going wild, too, if a nigga's out here getting... This is the type of person that we're dealing with, you know, and that's I don't know. He, I just think that shit's simp behavior. That's why he gave Future that verse on the album that just dropped. 
Yeah. Like, hey, bro, you keep playing with me. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if you're in love with your significant other and you want to do tattoos as a dedication to, to him or her, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's your prerogative. Me and my partner, we got we got a tattoo. Really? Yeah. It's not like on your ass, is it? No, like it's visible. Okay. So her favorite uh band, her her favorite like rap group is Wu Tang. So I got the Wu Tang W on my thigh, <laughs> and then uh, I, you know my favorite rapper is Gucci Man. She got the ice cream cone like. Oh wow! But see, that's bar. pretty cool though. Exactly, but like it's a us thing. If you saw it, you wouldn't know what it was. You might even just think you're just a fan. Exactly, but nonetheless, like if you want to do tattoos with your partner, like that's cool. Like I'm not going to knock it, but if I was dating a girl with kids or a woman with kids, I'm not getting the initials across my chest. Like fuck, I look like, like yeah. This- well, and a chick that's like 17 years older than you, like or 15, whatever the distance is. Well, How old is Cam? Kim's probably 43, 44. Yeah. She's like Pete's, Connie's age. 42. Pete's like, your, yeah, Pete's like your age, right? Yeah, he's 28. So, and I look at it like this, man, because when I was single and anytime I would encounter a woman with kids, I was always mindful of the relationship with her baby daddy. Like, if I had been cool with her, like, while they was together, I'm like, this can't go anywhere because if he knew I existed, I've always been plotting. And he and I got a be cool like like cause i'm a step parent but i still want you to co-parent but like i don't want you to be tripping about me step parenting your kids you know what i mean right but i feel like if i go get the initials tatted <laughs> it, it, it's it's a battle that can't be won <laughs> that shit for sale and, and, and pete should get his ass whooped i think that's pete's problem i don't think pete been beat up before pete has i ain't been beat up before behavior no absolutely he ain't Chris Rock funny to get away with doing flagrant shit. No, he isn't. You're absolutely right. And it's just, you know, it's just one of those weird ass things to where it's just one of those weird ass things where, you know, this is a dude that was, for what it's worth, really. Yeah, people know that he's on SNL, but he's a relatively unknown. He's more known for the women that he's been with than like the work that Than his career. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because it's just like, man, how are you bagging Ariana? Like, how does that happen? Like, and it really makes you wonder, bro, because he not paid, paid. Now he don't do, he ain't doing bad. What are you doing? He got that right to us. Oh, well, right. Well, according to uh, who is it, Charlemagne? I think. Well, I don't believe anything he says. Well, he's the one that said that Kanye came to him about it. Or something, but I don't believe anything Charlemagne says. <laughs> Charlemagne is like he's in Stephen A. He's in Stephen A.'s category of people who speak on our community because they built credibility within our community, but they're not uh, espousing our views. So uh, fuck Charlemagne. Yeah, gosh, I, you know I wonder why a guy like Charlemagne's not at the Met. Because <laughs> he gonna come back to the Breakfast Club and spill all the tea. He's like, oh, yeah, man, we were drinking blood. Um, Hell, they actually went on ahead and sacrificed the next person that is going to die here in a couple of months. Or or maybe, or maybe you know, they won't let him in there because he might bring the Spanish flies and put it in the blood. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) His his words, not mine. (laughs) Check the tapes. 
but you know, like I said, it's 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 one of those weird ass things. And I mean, even think about it, which it's kind of gangster what Kim did by she purchased Marilyn Monroe's dress, right? Apparently, that's a, apparently that's the dress that she wore when she sung "Happy Birthday" to President Kennedy. Fucking what? Are we creeping up on seventy? Definitely sixty years ago. Something like that. Well, Marilyn Monroe singing happy, happy. No, had hey, it in the early sixties. Hey, Kennedy was a bad. You know what I mean? Marilyn and Jackie O. And I'm trying to think. Jackie O has a significance with Birkin bags, doesn't she? I don't know. I just know she's fine. And when um, one of the more solid-looking first ladies, especially when, from back in the day, when when Black Twitter was saying Michelle Obama was the finest first lady ever, I was like, uh, uh, you know, she's she's pretty, she's nice-looking woman, but y'all seen Jackie O? It's really Sasha. <laughs> Sasha, nice. Well, I mean, she's nice. I'm just saying, but um, nonetheless, I think she's 21 now. But nonetheless, she's um, old enough uh, for you to say that. Yeah, and so. She's I mean, nice, I think she, I, th I think she did justice to his, uh, in his age bracket. Yeah, that wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> she's nice. She's nice. But um, you know, Coretta <laughs> Scott was a baddie too. She was. She actually looked really good. Yeah. And she didn't go to Spelman or nothing, did she? She didn't. Go to no, Spelman. I think he met her when he was um, Reverend. He was being up, a preacher when he was up north at uh, I think it was the Boston University. For his uh, oh, for PhD. Like, okay. yeah. She was nice. She was nice. She was. She was man. good until she was old too. Yeah, like you know, for maybe, her age, like she looked good. Maybe we should come up with a list of like low key like baddies from the from the from back in the day. From, the baddies from back and, in the day. And honestly, it's got to be prior to 1980. I, yeah, absolutely. Because that's when to me pop culture like really took off. So like, right. we need some good black and white pics. Yes, it's got to be. <laughs> Prior to the and like I said, we we'll, we can even throw the seventies. The seventies are fine because you start talking about that's fifty years ago, almost, right? Depending on what year, you get, you're closer to the fifty year mark, and so we hey, should. That actually, we need to write that down. We do because we because we, we we got some like dumb poppy topics that we like think about like as we're recording, but we don't have to research in our brains. Right. Yeah, we gotta start writing that shit down. Hey, let's let's do this last topic because you came up with a pretty dope topic uh, that we pulled on Instagram. And we're talking about the greatest comeback ever. And you sent your results, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense because people want to antagonize you. And, and, I, and I do believe that – I'm not going to say all of them were that way, but there were certainly a few people that I was like, okay. And I saw my initial results, and I was like, okay, mine's trending in the right direction. But by the time uh, you know I sent them in, I'm like, shit, we're in the same place. And so for the, for the listeners – we we put the Falcons 28-3 loss to the Patriots against the Warriors 3-1 comeback um, at the hands of the Cavaliers at which one was like the worst, you know, which one was the greatest comeback ever or which was the which one is the big the, the, the which one is the worst meltdown? Is the worst meltdown. And and I would think that both of them, if they did an NCAA bracket of that type of stuff. Because there's obviously in football there's been bigger comebacks, not in the Super Bowl, but in the playoffs even. 
I remember one year Andrew Luck and the Colts were down 35 nothing or so. I was 20 31 nothing. They came back and won the game in regulation. Didn't even go into overtime. Um, but you know, and then of course in the NBA, we've never seen three one three zero. Now I think about it, but even baseball, the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees down three zero. And I guess you know I could have even added that to it. But so many people weren't watching sports like that that are in our age group. And certainly, maybe not baseball. I remember Bro, it because I was like they, ten. Yeah, but, but I they, they those people don't watch sports now, so they definitely weren't watching sports back then. Right, and and you know, I remember it, of course, just because you had Johnny Damon, uh, Pedro Martinez. They had a big scuffle. I remember uh, with uh, Don Zimmer. Yeah, Don Zimmer's old ass getting fucking thrown. We were. I was at the airport, and funny enough, we were headed to New York. Um. When that well, happened. Well, to bring it back to this, and here's where I think that the argument can go for the Warriors being less impressive. Because each game is a different game, you know. And two of those games were played in Oakland, by the way. I, again, I, I think the, the the Warriors dropped the ball way more than the Falcons did. Um, especially because I watched all of these games. Um, because you look at it like each game is a separate game, but at the end of the day, you can't allow that mom- that momentum to build up. And you lost Game Seven like in your house, could not make a shot for like the Danny last. Green is the worst three point specialist, by the way. Keep going. I'm sorry, I just had to get that out. That's fine. But then you look at the Falcons game, and here here goes my Falcons bias. I watched that game, and the Falcons were not on the field for a very long time. And one of the reasons why I say Luka Doncic plays losing basketball because his teammates get cold because they're not touching the ball. Same thing, the Falcons, Matt Ryan, was not touching the ball. It broke the offensive rhythm. And, again, we can beat up on Kyle Shanahan for some play calls, but Matt Ryan took the sack. Maybe we should have ran the ball. And on the play where the holding got called, Muhammad Sanu caught a fucking first down. <laughs> what was the, the Edelman catch that was like on the turf? Like, there's so many things that that would never happen. Like again, you do that, you play that ten times. That's the one time it happens. Exactly. So, and then there's less than a one time chance that it even happens. The probability how, of that catch was damn near zero. And the probability of that holding call is what the holding call. The missed block by Devontae Freeman that sets up the strip sack that gives New England the momentum. Them converting fourth down, two, fourth down, fourth down. Well, fourth downs and then all the two point conversions. If yeah. You just get one two point conversion stop. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for the Falcons, and it's a in in what is obviously to date at least the closest that that team has ever gotten to winning a championship. It is the most bittersweet moment ever because it's the greatest Falcons team ever. Yeah. It's the greatest team in franchise history. And you can't explain how they cooked it. <laughs> because no, no. because if you just watched it, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like everything in sequence was unbelievable. From just, you know, the beginning of it to where um, – and what people don't even remember too is that before halftime, New England got a field goal. We yeah. were up twenty-one to nothing. They caught. They got a field goal at the end of that half. 
And but that's that's what Bill does. He went. He 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 likes to win the middle eight. And it was just so much that you could look into. Now, when I look at that Warrior series, I guess I look at what triggered more. And which is why kind of when I put up my poll, I, I, or well, you put it up the same one, but like why I even went into explanation of both scenarios. I look at it this way. New England went on to win the Super They went to two more um, in a row after well, that. And what they won more, one, they lost one. If, if they lose that Super Bowl, maybe Tom gets kicked out of town and Jimmy G's the guy, though. Exactly. The, the, and these are the things I'm talking about, the domino effect. Maybe, I, I don't know, but because I guess Kyle was going to be gone anyways, but I know they hadn't named the OC yet, but who's to say that they go and get Sark and don't just hire LaFleur? We don't know. Like, I don't – because maybe they would want to keep him more in-house or Kyle would even give the recommendation of who he thought should take over. And it's not a DQ slash Thomas slash uh, uh, fucking – what's his goddamn name? McKay? Rich? McKay decision. Oh. It, 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 maybe it doesn't turn into that and you don't get a guy like Sark that's never been an offensive coordinator. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, who maybe Dwight Freeney would have probably still retired because he would have yeah. went out on top. Um, well, what maybe, if Julio in, in a weird way, in a weird way, maybe you don't even give Devontae Freeman the money. Maybe Julio doesn't let the ball go between his fingers the next year, and we put Philly. And you out run and it back. Right back. You run it back again. So, like, so, I think so many people forgot like how close we were, and they talk about, oh, the Falcons never recovered from twenty-eight-three. Yes, we did. We got to the playoffs the next year, similar offense uh, under Shark, and the only and the offense was, wasn't what it was was that was Julio, the defense we needed that year. The defense was like tenth. It yeah. was a top ten defense. And the because, offense went from one to like middle of the pack. We were like 14, 15. Right. It wasn't terrible. We just weren't, we weren't scoring exactly. 30 a game. Exactly. And, and then let's look at Golden State, though, because it, the Golden State dominoes are so much bigger because they get Kevin Durant. They win two more rings. They go to one more finals. He gets hurt. He leaves. They suck. You know what I mean? Like plays out for two years. Plays out for two years. They get Kaminga. They 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 get um they they draft Wiseman over Lamelo Ball, dummies. Um they drafted Jordan Poole after KD left. He gets to go to the G League and develop because they fucking suck. So who cares, right? And then he gets to come up in his own time because what the Warriors are doing, they're trying to compete and develop at the same time. It's crazy that it's working, but they're doing it. And what if the Warriors win? No KD. No K. Well, and right. Does KD run it back with the Thunder? Or no. does he just go to Boston? Like, where, what does he do? I, I know that he, he said that Boston was second to Golden State. The Clippers were, were – the Clippers had a chance. Yeah, and I'm sure – right. I'm sure that they would have – because he – what? That would have been him with CP3 – and probably Blake, because they probably would have had to trade, sign Blake, and trade yeah, they, somebody. In the yeah, Blake or DeAndre, take your pick. Who cares who leaves at that point in time? Because, yes, yeah, CP3 and KD. Probably would have been Blake. Right, and then, but, like, then you don't get KD and Kyrie. 
which is the most skilled back was the most skilled duo ever. Right. A lot which, changes. And and I think that that was kind of what I wanted to look at with it. Examine which one had much more of an impact. And obviously the three, one had a much bigger impact. Absolutely. It changed. And I think LeBron already had, we already had uh, an opinion on LeBron, right. In general, that he was still great, but I think that him winning that title Go is truly what catapulted him, in my opinion, because I still, even as a Kobe fan, and then you can be both, you can be a Kobe and a LeBron fan, but I think that even when you just look at it, it's just kind of like that is like the single greatest accomplishment of any athlete in any sport, in my opinion, from a team standpoint, him leaving and then burning his jersey to coming back and getting a title and then doing it in the fashion he did it against who he did it and what it had to take for them to stop him again like like the 40 40 games with him and Kyrie crazy the niggas was going ham I was in David oh, 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 right, right, right. right and 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 then let's not forget too now right this is the same series where LeBron led like the total number in every statistical category correct yes and I know that people want to and it, look, Kyrie rightfully so, because Kyrie was balling his ass off. He was in – Steph Curry was league MVP. Dray, Draymond might have been defensive player of the year. No? Maybe, I don't know. I'm shaking my head. Maybe. Nonetheless, I can tell you that all three of them niggas were all NBA – they were all on the, the three all-NBA teams. And Kyrie – Steve Kerr might have – Steve Kerr was coach of the year. They won 73 games. And we, had, we were really questioning if Steph Curry – like, there was a Steph Curry Kyrie argument because when Kyrie gets in front of Steph, Steph freezes. He doesn't look like Steph Curry. And, he, and here's the thing that gets missed in the media argument, right? Because yes, Steph has the stats, Steph has the production that Kyrie doesn't have. But he, you could argue but, because of the way that he plays the game. Steph plays a, a game of basketball that's easier to play alongside. Well, and now it's what some people want to call the trend. Right, because Steph, Steph can play off ball really well. Steph plays off ball really well. I'm not going to say can. He does play off ball really well because I think Kyrie can play off ball really well when he wants to, right? But when when Steph sees Kyrie, it's like, it's like when motherfuckers looking at mirror and starts screaming Bloody Mary, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was it? You're supposed to say it seven times? You get to that sixth time? Right. And you, you know it's fake, but you be like, nah, nah, I'm going to. I'm gonna turn the lights back on and, and, and go back upstairs. When when Steph see Kyrie, he he get a little bit different because Steph because because Steph knows, and and here's the thing that Steph knows the player goes. He can do everything that I can do. There are things that he does I can't do, I I cannot do that. And I don't, and that don't sit right with me. You know what I mean? And, and I think and that's. And that's the Russell, and that was the Russell Westbrook thing. Why NBA players like him so much, skill wise? No, there's not much that Russell can do that other niggas can't do because his game is not highly skilled. But they look at the, the athleticism, athleticism, the speed and intensity that he there's, consistently There's not very with. many niggas that are more athletic than like think about it. when you look at Westbrook. Obviously, yeah, he's you know a football there's player. The, there's the trip. Yeah, there's the triple double effect. But people, it's weird because I know that it's been compared before, but. What an idiot. Tyler Hero's a fucking idiot. But nonetheless, um, I just saw the stupidest fucking foul. They're up 13. It's three minutes left. 
Mm-hmm. They're up 13, and he just he, – they got a fast break steal, and this nigga fouls Tobias here. It's just like, bro, he was clearly going to dunk that shit. Like, what Like what was that all about? But he nonetheless, um, I just think that when you break it down in totality, I think that – first of all, I think losing three games is a lot worse than losing a big lead. You had three different t- chances to close out, and two of those times were at home, and you have the – you have won more games than anyone in NBA mm-hmm. history heading into these games. No team has won more games than you. None. None. No Jordan team, no no Celtic team, no Wilt team, no they no were nothing, gonna, no Magic and Kareem. Nobody's they, won as many games as you guys. They would have been the best team of all time had they win that. But but when we look back on it, they don't get any they don't get respect any of the greatest teams of all time. Even Nobody even brings it up like that. More people bring up the fact that Brady and them went 16 and 0 still than they do the Warriors going 73 and 9. Which is crazy because the Warriors got And I think it's because they and, and but think about it. It's similarly in a sense of dynasty wise cuz they still got three rings. Granted KD's a part of two of them. But but they still got three rings and then Brady and them obviously ended up getting six. Who would so, who, who would you rather get beat by in your in your career year, right? LeBron James or Eli Manning? LeBron, I can I can I can go home and say uh, well, I got beat by the nigga who they compare to MJ. <laughs> or what? Who's eventually going to be the all-time leading scorer in the league? And that might have not even been his strongest attribute of his game. Yeah, yeah like, like. Whereas, hold on, Eli was great at what? Managing the game. <laughs> in in big games, he he does a hell of a job. He makes the right throws. I mean, yeah, like Eli won playoff games and two playoff runs. Yeah, and well, and just think about it too: the road that Eli traveled to get to that championship, those cha- both of those were interesting to say the least. That first year, he beats Brett Favre in Lambeau, and I think they might have been the second team to do it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. no, 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 did did the they Vikings the year did the, the Vikings the year that Randy Moss did that disgusting act according to Joe Buck? Did they beat them? I think they did beat them. At I don't know. Two. I just know the first people to do it was was, was the fact Michael Vick. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I remember that game. It was snowing in Georgia that day. <laughs> yeah, Crazy I remember watching. With, I remember watching with my mom. Me too. I remember it. I remember it so well. That's why I can tell you what the weather was like. I remember it very well. Let's um, wrap this up. I I, I got to go to happy hour. Oh, for sure. Um, but nonetheless, just to kind of wrap up the greatest comeback ever, I just think that it's not even a biasness. This is truly an objective view of it. I think that it's way worse to have the greatest record in NBA history and have three chances to close out a series. And I guess I tell you what, there is the one caveat to throw into those three games. Draymond suspended in game six. Well, he shouldn't have had that many points. Like, like Draymond asked for what he gets, and did LeBron like taunt him by teabagging him? Yes, but he's LeBron. You're Draymond. Know where you stand in this league? Who Dre? Yeah, and I mean Draymond. Your boy, uh, you're going crazy right now. Who Butler or oh, Vic? Yeah, Vic. <clears throat> Let me see. What does Vic got? Vic got 19 and six. Oh yeah, we about to get a new deal. Yeah, we definitely get a new deal. Yeah. But hey man, this was good. I'm gonna see you Friday. 
Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we got to finally get this done, especially after a two-week hiatus. Uh, Honestly, this was the greatest comeback ever. We're back on the pod. There we go. That's a hell of a way to close this thing out. <laughs> All right, dog. I'll holler at you. All right. Have a happy, happy hour. <laughs> yeah, you too. All right.